Hello and welcome to 646. My name is Dawson McManus and I'm super excited today because for the very first time ever we have our first martial artist sitting in the studio. We have Duran D'Souza. Hello, hello. Who, yeah, man. Uh, if you do not know who Duran is, he is the 2017 Canadian National Kickboxing Champ, 2017 Provincial Muay Thai Champ. Uh, he's an international competitor and he is a martial arts instructor and personal trainer at the World Championship Martial Arts in Peterborough, Ontario, in Brookdale Plaza, which happens to be the place where I train jiu-jitsu, which is actually Duran is the guy that got me in there. So yes, yes, yes. super pumped to have him here to shoot the shit, not only about martial arts, but about all kinds of different stuff. But um, man... This is fucking great. This is great. Um, we've actually been hanging out already for, for a little while, talking about music, and uh, we're, we're going to get into that a little bit later. But um, I'm just curious, um, for the uh, for the kickboxing and the Muay Thai, for the provincial and the national, That's right. what weight class was that? In? So, um, Dawson, that was probably, actually it was between 54 kilograms and 55 kilograms, so... I want to say 119 to 122 pounds. Right. That's right. right. So skinny, skinny mini. Very skinny, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the last time we were shooting the shit about weight cuts and stuff, you were talking about potentially cutting even lower than that, weren't you? That's right. Yes, we were. Is that, so, or, is that cool to talk about? Or is absolutely. That, okay. No, right. absolutely. It's uh, something that we were exploring as far as getting down to 52 kilos, which Jesus. is... Uh, uh, I think 112 pounds or That's 114 so, pounds. Yeah. So little. That is little. That is definitely straw, straw-like. Yes. So, yes, um, yeah, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> to put it to put it lightly, I suppose. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things, just a little bit of extra preparation and a little extra time, but yeah. not impossible. For sure. Mm -hmm. So um, for that kind of weight cut, Cause what what do you what are you normally walking around like yeah. pre fight yeah like pre weight cut sure uh, quote unquote you know the normal weight uh, for me is maybe sixty kilos so it'd okay. be one hundred and thirty two pounds sure one hundred and thirty three pounds yeah so getting down to one hundred and twelve pounds is pretty much 10 or 11 kilos or you know 20 pounds that's a big cut that's a big cut that'll probably happen over the course of two months. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll probably water cut seven pounds right. uh, a few days before the event. Man, that's gonna suck. The dehydration. It hurts. It hurts. So for that is for for that amount of a weight cut too. Are you are you dropping um, muscle mass too, or is it just like really? big dietary restrictions or both it's it's both dawson you're absolutely right there are dietary restrictions that happen and when we're getting down so low we're going past uh the normal range of the body mass index right so we're getting into literally an underweight or an un unhealthy body yeah. mass index so it is a lot of you know challenges and a lot of discipline at the end of the day yeah. uh, you, you want to think of it as something that's temporary yes yeah it's not something sure. that you're going to be you know doing for a long time yeah you're not living there <laughs> no you're probably pretty much going to be like that on the scale for five minutes and then that's it right Right. So, yeah. um, this it's funny though because this uh, the last world tournament that I went to out in uh, Budapest, Hungary, um, they ask you to weigh in every day. Right. So not only do you have to make 112 pounds on Monday, but when you win your bout, 
you have to weigh in at 112 or 113 pounds the right. next day. So they do have the one pound allowance? They do have a, a pound allowance. Uh, they may not. Um, oh. This organization is very strict and right. they're very organized, very official. Right. So, you know, they may not ask us to, um, you know, keep at the same level or they may say, look, brother, you got to you got to keep it at this at this weight if you want to fight to be the world's best. Right. So that's so wild. It is wild. Uh, coming to this point, I my career was something that, you know, you have to make lifestyle choices for you have to make yeah. a big decision whether you want to do it. And, um, you know, it's like I said, it's not for everybody. But yeah. it's uh, definitely worth it at the end of the day. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if, and we've talked about this quite a few times, but just you got to go for what you want. That's right. You know, and and where you feel your life needs to be. So that's right. I think we all we all have choices in life and directions that we want to go. You know, as far as what we want to do with our lives and with our careers or with our families and everything like that. And um, decisions have to be made, hard decisions yeah. sometimes, you know. Um, you know, we can talk about dis- discipline and sacrifices and things like that, but really it's your life. Yeah, And absolutely. you can choose to live it one way or choose to live it another way. Yeah. You know, my family and my friends, let's be honest, you know, they, you know, they think competing in martial arts, full contact martial arts is a great thing. But there's a lot of trepidation and worry sometimes about... The ramifications of these kinds of activities you for know? sure like cte or sure. all kinds of other things yeah and i've already been feeling those effects you yeah. know being in a career for this long it's only been six years yeah. um you know there are things that you have to put in the back of your of your head literally yeah. because there's you know brain brain injuries aren't like a sore elbow or sore or sore knee yeah. uh you become a different person yeah. So you have to think about that and think about what you're trying to do with this and what you're trying to achieve with it. So yeah, lots sure. to stew on. Yeah. <laughs> so in in you know getting to where you are now, um, I'd like to go all the way back um, to the beginning. Uh, wow. Were you, Were you born in Peterborough or? In- no, I was not born in Canada. Oh, I okay. was born in uh, the Middle East. I was born in uh, Kuwait, in the oh, Middle cool. East. Yeah. So uh, my parents were from uh, from India originally. Okay. Were uh, working at a bank out there, and um, instead of working, they met at the bank and they started dating and they got married and they uh, kind of um, myself and my two brothers were born there, and uh, that's actually where I started martial arts which oh, was cool. in Kuwait. Yeah, it was some, ta- um, you know, a little bit of Taekwondo. And in fact, there was a big, big war that happened out there, which was Desert Storm, which happened in 1989. Yeah. And uh, I think, yes, yeah, so I was four at the time. And we moved from Kuwait to India uh, during the war. But my dad was working at the bank there and there's still money. Money doesn't take a break, right? Money's got to move even when there's bombs being flying about and things like that. So he had to go back and work uh, in Kuwait and we were in India and that's kind of where the journey kind of begun for me with martial arts and with everything else. So I just, uh, we moved to Peterborough in the late 90s, 97. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I did not realize that we're, we're the same age then. 1985, right? Oh, there you go. 1984. 84? Oh, 84. shit. Yeah, late 84. 
Okay. So you, okay, my bad. You're a year older than me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been 20 years now in Canada, and uh, it's a blessing, Dawson. You yeah. know, it's just one of those places that, you know, it changes you. It yeah. kind of, you, I really started to realize who I was because of this place. Wow. You know, and this is the kind of place that kind of gives you those tools, right? right? Like, if you want to do this, you can do it right just like gotta just work hard yeah the opportunity yeah. and then just the means for doing it right wow. it might not it might be accessible over there I'm not saying that it isn't sure but i just felt like this was uh the place to do it uh for us and my family and everything like that so yeah yeah that's amazing so what what made you initially want to get into martial arts like were you watching like old kung fu flicks or was it like this is a good exercise or you know what initially it was i was very young right so i think it was maybe it started when i was five right and i think honestly dawson i think it was my mom he's yeah. saying look i've got three other you know three other boys in my house i need these kids to go and start doing some stuff so i can <laughs> get, get, you get, out of house. <laughs> get us out of the house so we can stop destroying things in For there sure. yeah so she she was kind of like yeah go uh go and try this out and see see what you think about it right on. and uh, my first yeah my first martial arts school was in india it was a karate school it was all girls school Oh wow! So it was all girls, and then here comes this short little dude <laughs> that, that that wants to learn karate. Sure. So that's that's kind of where it started, and then we moved back to Kuwait once the war kind of died down. Right. It was again the same thing, something that I knew when I was a younger kid, and uh, it's funny. My mom said, "Okay, you can take these Taekwondo classes, but you gotta go to class even if you have a headache." Right. And, you know, being, having a headache now, you know, it doesn't seem like it can it can be a debil debilitating thing where you have to, you know, you can't necessarily go and do what you want to do. But mm -hmm. back then I used to think like, oh, yeah, I can do this even if I had a headache. Right. So maybe it came along the lines of, you know, I was was maybe strong enough or had the determination right. to do something like that, even at that age. Yeah. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah. And Kuwait it was where Taekwondo kind of um, kind of grew and kind of got the um got the engine running That's weird. yeah yeah and it just kind of uh snowballed from there yeah uh it's funny when i came out to canada uh the same thing kind of keeping up with taekwondo and sure. i took a long break dawson actually took oh, yeah. yeah i think once i graduated high school i think i took 10 or 15 years off martial arts no way yeah that's wild yeah so um then when you you said you came to Canada in the 90s. Yeah, late 90s. Late 90s. Oh, okay. So, mm -hmm. um, probably 2010, I got back into it again. Okay. So 2010, you, 2011. Right. So, you would have um, uh, probably stopped when I was like in probably 17. So, okay. let's say 2001, 2002. Right. Yeah. So, so, about a decade. Yeah. Wow. So, then did you did you do most of high school in Canada then? All of my high school. All in of high school in Canada. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. All of my high school was done in Peterborough. Oh, cool. What, Actually, what uh, Holy Cross Catholic Secondary oh, School. Right. Yeah, so it was a Holy Cross. Uh, we did the fifth year. We were that double cohort OEC year, right. and um, yeah, finished my undergrad in a couple of different places, Nipissing University, and finished it off at Trent. Got my degree here at Trent, and uh, What's your yeah. Degree in? 
Uh, I have a degree in biology, a general degree in biology. Oh no way! Yeah, I used to be. Um, I used to be a blood collector, a phlebotomist. Uh, yeah, hospital worker. Yeah. No way. So you were I, in the vampire I was. That's I crazy. was a needle man. Yeah, I used to be the guy with the needles. You know, oh, so man. that was something that I did, and um, yeah, I went to school for that and everything else. It just wasn't my calling. Sure. But um, yeah, you know, again, you you learn so much from the experiences that you're absolutely you're in, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta poke around in life to figure out where you fit, right? Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, that's <laughs> Sorry, right. It's a bad pun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get me. Uh, I mean, like it was it was really good. It was you know learned so much about myself doing that kind of stuff. Really helped me interacting with people. Sure. Yeah, I guess if you're sticking people, um, having good interpersonal skills would be for sure pretty high on pretty the, high up on there. The list. And kids, kids especially, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they hate it. So yes, kind of trying to get somebody, you know, like a younger person or a little kid to accept this yeah. is uh, yeah, it takes stick a lot of skill. Piece of metal in you now, so just try to chill out. Just accept it. Yeah, they never do, Dawson. No. For the record. Yeah, and I'm not um, surprised. But it was good. It was right good. On. Taught me a lot. So then, like, was was a career in medicine before you were like, ah, this isn't for me. Was a career in medicine like a, a possibility then? It was. It was. It was something that I thought about uh, for a long time. Um, I felt like there were certain forces driving me in that direction. Sure. Um, like external expectations, maybe? Yeah, but yeah. absolutely. You know, and, you know, coming back to it now, obviously, you know, you need those kind of influences to drive you. Yeah. In one direction or that, whether it's your parents or you know your you know your elders, yes, they're trying to you know get you get you started off on the right foot. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know I'm grateful for that. I think it taught me that much, at least you know even if I didn't end up following through on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just wasn't something that I necessarily was motivated by, or you know something compelled me. Yeah. To... The fire wasn't there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Very. It started to become a bit of, um, it started to become a bit of a, like a job, yeah. if that makes sense. And yes. uh, <laughs> trust me, I'm a professional bum. I totally get the idea of, oh, this feels like a fucking job. <laughs> right, right. I think I, you know, it's just like, it's funny. I, I was um, watching um, a comedy, um, a comedy show and um, the comedian was all about, don't do what you love as a job because you end up hating what you love. Right. Because you start doing it as a job. Yeah. And I felt a little bit like that mm. when that started happening with, with healthcare and being a healthcare worker and things like that. Sure. But now in my profession now, it doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily feel like I'm putting in that kind of work you know, whereby you feel like, oh, it's another day. I got to go to the office. And you know what I mean? You're not, I don't necessarily feel tied down by that ideology. Right. It's just more of like a drive and excitement to like, how much better can I be today than yeah. I was yesterday? And then and then you get to test that that skill too, yeah. which is very cool. Indeed. Uh, and, you know, it's I'm not saying that people can't do that in healthcare and medicine. Of you course. Know, it like, just wasn't wasn't for me doing it for you yeah in, in in the same regard that that martial arts does that's that it does now yeah, yeah. i feel like i'm just inspiring myself yeah so well, that's, much that's by doing this important. you know like, just as much as it inspires the people it's it's me who's getting more benefit from it i think yeah well yeah. i mean i feel like 
first off, if you didn't absolutely love it, you wouldn't be successful at it. Sure. Because, there, you know, like you were saying, there are a lot of pretty big choices that need to be made to, you know, be fighting in international competition. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and also like just the willingness to be like, I'm, I'm going to get hit. There's really like, you know. I'm just going to, at some point, I'm going to get hit really fucking hard. Yeah. You know. There's to, a price you pay. Yeah, totally. You know? and, and to make that decision of, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk, you know, you better really enjoy it. Yeah. So. You got to love, love it. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. You know, and it is. Over it, yeah. And I it's painful. Think. Yeah. It's painful sometimes, sure. you know. And uh, yeah, that's right. You really have to be like convicted. You have to be in, in it. Yeah. with both feet you can't you know you can't like beat around the bush with it necessarily yeah not saying that you can't have off days or you know you gotta have sure. rest days you know you know what i mean about that right oh when yeah injuries totally. and things like that happen yeah, you have absolutely. to have time off from it yeah. but you just have to be committed to the fact that you know it's not so much about how many times you win or you lose right but it's about the longevity yeah. of the career and what you're trying to achieve with it yeah, and so. and just that um, continually striving for improvement, I think. Um, um, I know I quote them all the time, but uh, one thing that I I I don't think it's restricted just to this. But um, Joe Rogan was saying this thing not too long ago. He's like, well, that's the thing. He's like, I think about being a comedian as well as about being a human being. You're never done. And I'm like, well, yeah, definitely. And I I. I agree a hundred percent. Like, and it doesn't matter what your vocation is, what your passion is, you're never done. Right. And um, no, you're totally right. And you know, with with competing in martial arts and fighting, especially, yeah, like there is a time limit. Like, yeah. Let's be real. There is no. You can't be doing this until you're sixty-five years old. Yeah. You know, you gotta know when to shut it off. Yeah. There is that window. Right. You know, so it's a brief strike one. while the iron's hot. That's kind of it, thing. and yeah. that's it. And then you often think about, okay, I'm done fighting. So what do I need to improve on now? Yeah. Right. Like, what's motivating me to improve this? Yeah. this vocation or this you know this martial art or whatever it is yeah and for me it was about kind of passing on what i knew yeah to other people so not just being a personal trainer but being a coach like you know a kickboxing trainer a boxing trainer yeah you know totally. it's just like teaching them the skills that i learned and the mistakes that i made yeah because i made them all sure yeah you and know? that's that's such a huge thing too where if like when you're teaching someone it's like if you avoid this pitfall you're gonna save a fuck ton of time and especially in your field pain <laughs> sure you know sure. potentially yeah potentially yeah so pain is something that you know you have to uh, learn to accept yeah you know you definitely. have to learn to accept pain and you have to almost uh make it a part of the equation yeah 100%. you know it's like you can't have a without b here yeah you know but it doesn't mean that you know you you define your experience by the pain, the amount of pain that you've endured. Sure. You know, it's just another piece of it. Yeah. Right. And the more, the more you go about it, the more you realize that it's more than just A and B. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more than just pleasure and pain. And, you know, it's not just about the highs and it's not just about the lows. Yeah. It's, it's about everything that gets you there. Yeah. That yeah. whole journey. That whole journey. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that I've been trying to work on a lot too. It's like, 
try not to live uh, in the past or in the future. Right. Because very present minded. Very yeah. present minded because, you know, it's, yeah, you're stuck there. Yeah. They're kind of like, in a lot of ways, Dawson, I, I see it as like um, kind of goals and contingencies. Sure. You know, so goals can, I, they're either always in the past or they're always in the future. It's like, oh, I achieved something last year or I'm going to do this next year, you know, but it kind of gets you away from what's getting you to that goal or that contingency. And that's now. Yeah. That's today. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, it's something that I've been grappling with and I still grapple with it. You know, it's just like, how far do I take it? How many, how many titles do I need? How many national championships do I need to say, Oh, I've had a good career. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, I get that. I feel like it seems like too like um, the massive now. I've I mean I've I've obviously never competed on the same level that you have, but I know just getting into a ring and having a match with somebody, even even just rolling at the club, you get a rush. Spe- Incredible, especially, especially when you win. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, like a submission um, or you know yeah. a really good strike that you know hurts your opponent yeah. or even your sparring partner. You don't want to hurt your sparring partners a lot, obviously. But the one it that does gets acknowledged where they're like, yeah. mm, "You got me." <laughs> yes, you you get that was a good uh, good technique there. Yeah. You know, it's um it's something to be proud of. Yeah, and I could I could imagine that the like that rush must be amplified competing on the level that that you are doing sure that's got to be really hard to you know when when it comes time that i would imagine that's a hard thing for sure to walk away from right um you know i anticipate uh, me you know getting rid of a lot of social media yeah you know getting (laughs) out of the scene altogether sure um there's there's ways that you can kind of mitigate those kind of feelings and it it literally can get people into depressions and it's happened to colleagues of mine in in this field yeah you know they feel like oh this defined me in such a way yeah like i was a fighter you know and now i'm not a fighter like so who am i yeah right so i like to think of myself as more than just a fighter Right. Right? Like, there's so many other things that define me. Yeah. And not just having this ability or having this skill. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just coming to terms with that. And then just, yeah, you know, there's there's more than one side to the coin. Oh, yeah. Always. Right. There's Always. plenty of, you know, there's plenty of doors yes. to open, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the more doors you open, the more doors you see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you can't just stop at that one door and be like, oh, this door is shut and yeah. this is the end of it. Yeah, this is the only room I live in. Right. That's, that's not the way. Yeah, so it's going to be sad, but, you know, there's lots to be happy for. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, So what was there a, like, a big catalyst, or even maybe not big, but a significant catalyst that brought you back to martial arts after you kind of let it go? Sure. Um, There were a few. Uh, One of them was just trying to be healthier. Right, like getting just back into that shape, that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know. And when you're getting into this high level athletic kind of, you know, these kind of endeavors, you know, it's it's not necessarily a realistic kind of, um, it's not a realistic goal or level to have all the time. Like right, you aren't always gonna be elite. Right, because there's always gonna be somebody faster, bigger, stronger than you. Course, you know, yeah. better than you. Yeah, right. So. That's not necessarily what 
brought me back. Although I did have this inkling of, hey, could I, you know, hang with these dudes? Like, could I be one of these guys? Like, I don't have to be a world champion, but can I hang with these guys? Right. You know? And when that happened or when I realized that just recently, it kind of gave me that, you know, that validation of like, okay, look, this is why you started it. This is what you knew you could do six years ago when you had no experience. Right. You know? So, yeah, coming back to your question, it was part of – Part of it was trying to get healthy and live a healthier lifestyle. Sure. And part of it was to see, you know, like, was it worth it for my parents to put me, you know, it, like, was it something that they could look at and say, look, this dude was kicking our walls when he was six years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy was just there. Was it, he was doing it for so was long. Was it worth the drywall cost? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it the cost of me breaking down chairs and everything yeah. else? Yes, it was worth it because look at what he's doing. Yeah. And, it, you know, whenever I have this conversation with my parents, they are not the biggest fans of me fighting, let's be real. Sure. You know, and they're, well, they're more they than... Worry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I often tell them, you know, it's like opportunities come and opportunities go yeah right so if you don't take this opportunity what what's gonna happen like who in their it's 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 a bit i feel like it's shallow sometimes but it's like who would ever think that a person like me or a person like x or you know who would ever thought think that they would get to this level dude i can very much relate to that it's a slightly different sort of idea but i mean like not necessarily my parents specifically but other elders um were not super hip to what i was trying to do with the music you know and and most people like when i meet them now they're like what do you do i'm a musician yeah but what do you do for money sure um (laughs) How does it make I, you feel, right? Well, it, now a little just exasperated because I've had the conversation so many times sure. where I'm just like, ah, here we go again. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying with like people who are just going, you know, ah, uh, you know, that's such a one in a million. It's like, well, what, what if I am that one in a million? How that's do you, right. how do you know I, I'm not? How do you and, know that? Yeah. And I couldn't imagine living with the what if feeling you know sure like and i, th- I feel like what if fucks a lot of people up does you know it does um i used to say this a lot when i first started i'd rather regret doing something than regret not doing it yes you know because that's gonna weigh on you big time uh, when huge. you get older you know music something yeah. that we you know like i'm very new to music yeah. baby amateurish at music you know don't know anything about it but again it comes back to that you know am i gonna regret not doing this yeah you know well dude it was like basically like when we met uh, we were hanging out actually at an open mic at the red dog cool and um we had been introduced and uh some of my buddies knew that i did martial arts a long fucking time ago same idea and left it alone forever sure uh it was let me think I think it was Brandon. Um, Brandon Humphrey was there too. Yeah. I remember this chat on the Red Dog patio there. Yeah, that's right. Humphrey mm-hmm. introduced us to mm-hmm. each other, and I, I left uh, karate. I'd done taekwondo earlier, but um, then I was doing karate for a while, and I'd left karate at eighteen, and uh, I 
was 30, I was almost 32. I was okay. just about to turn 32. Okay. Um, when, when we first met, uh, and I was compl- sort of complaining. Yeah, I was, I was kind of being a, a pussy and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I really miss martial arts and, it, and you're like, so why don't you do it again? I was like, I have zero reason to not do it again. And I'm like, shit, I've been regretting having left it alone for such a long time. Sure. And I was like, I'm sick of feeling like I wish I still did this yeah. instead of still doing it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I'm hugely grateful for that, especially thank you. In, in the facet as well, where for the longest time, I'm like, if I get back into martial arts, I'm probably going to get back into striking because that's what I did like my whole sure. life. Yeah. And you're like, come to jujitsu, come roll. Try it. Yeah. And it's like, same sort of idea how you're talking about like feeling like a baby <laughs> on the, yeah. in music. I oh man, do I feel like a uh, an infant on the mat and Absolutely. just so like oh, oh my god, what <laughs> please, the fuck is going please on? Please have mercy on my soul, you yeah. know. But I think that that feeling in itself is something that's so precious. Yeah, you know, it's Very like healthy. knowing that you can you're not the best at something. Yeah, and you know, there's people around who are better than you at it, and not only that, yeah. they push you to be your best. Yes, right. That's the real energy that's the kind of like enticing factor that brings me back to the martial arts and yeah you know like i said before like i roll as well you know i have a jiu-jitsu background as well but i kind of went went away from it a little bit to focus on my striking yeah but i got back into it recently and again it's that whole thing about not being as good as you once thought you were or not being good at all yeah. You know, and that for for the longest time, I was like, oh, I don't I don't want to come back to it. But it really it really kind of liberated me when I was back in there. Yeah. So I just kind of go in there now and I'm just kind of like a rag doll. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm man. just like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny because like it's been a long time since I felt like I genuinely sucked at something that I want to do very regularly. Like even when I pick up a new instrument, like I, I know how music works for the most part. Right. Right. So it's, it really doesn't take a whole lot to, you know, in terms of like a professional level, like let's say the drums, I suck at the drums. Let's be relative here now. Yeah. 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 Re- in a relative, relative term, in, in, a, in a relative way. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I were to compare it to my friends that are drummers. Yes. I suck compared to someone else. that's only been playing for a couple months. Like for someone that's been playing the same playing drums for the same amount You're of time. You're fucking that Neil Peart, man. I'm, I'm progressing far quicker. I think unless, you know, there's obviously the odd freak that just sits down at anything like just whatever and it's like gets it you're an anomaly mm-hmm. like most people aren't just a prodigy like that sure um but you know it's so relative yeah right hugely. and not only that i think it's like it's very subjective too if that if that makes sense you know yeah. i used to um i used to look at my bouts and especially old footage right you know and i used to go back and i used to be like who is this guy like i don't recognize this person you know, like this, this whole, the way you carried yourself, the way the belt went, like, I don't understand what's happening, but 
I remember being in that moment and certain people telling me, you did great. And right. I felt that too when I was in that, you know, that time frame and in that moment or after the belt or whatever it was. So I feel like one person can think you're you yourself or somebody else can think you did absolutely shit. Right. But another person could say that was Great incredible. Job. Yeah, for sure. Right. So like the subjectivity, I think, sometimes gets into it. But the relativity is very important as well. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Getting back to that. So like, um getting onto a mat like even with the drums like i mean again i'm not i'm not a good drummer but i understand how rhythm works and i understand like mm-hmm. what the parts of the kit are and yeah. i can play a couple of grooves yeah um the first time i went to roll i i never watched a straight up jiu-jitsu match before like okay. even just watched one right um the most i'd seen was what was happening in mma sure right so very different very very different because mm-hmm. it's like well when there's striking involved some of this shit just isn't gonna work no because you know if you're trying to grab a hold of that leg you're gonna get punched in the face repeatedly yikes and, you know yeah it changes a lot of things changed a lot of things mm-hmm. so <laughs> just, just the first time i was just like I thought I would, you know, I'm like, I know I'm in the person's guard, but if I do this, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Apparently What's now happening? I'm being choked. Yeah. You know, it's like, what the fuck? What and is just, happening? Yeah. You know, and not, I haven't felt so completely useless and ignorant in something in such a long time that it was really refreshing and really humbling. And I was right. like, mm. I, I need this. Yeah. This is going to be very good for me. It's because, liberating, right? Yeah. Like you don't feel like there's anything kind of, you don't have to live up to an expectation. Yeah. Or, you know, clearly your coaches and your, you know, your training partners and stuff, they want you to improve and they want you to get better the more you do it. So they want you to, you know, attend fairly regularly or whenever yeah. you can kind of yeah. thing. You know, there's no pressure. But yeah, you know, it's it's sometimes that, that liberation kit it pushes the ego away. Yeah. You know, like the whole thing about you trying to be somebody and do something, you know, like that's, (laughs) that's done. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember getting my blue belt and I had to ask the black belt if I really like, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. You know, like what? And he said, he's like, look, I've been watching you. Yeah. You know, this is, I've noticed that you've been getting better. Yeah. So this now you've reached a level now where you're not going to learn anything. If you stay at this level, you've yeah. got to push yourself to the next level. Yeah, of you course. Know? And um, it was it was good hearing that. Obviously, like the ego is like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. But coming back down. Yeah. Again, now this is blue belt now, right? So it's again, you are the bottom of the totem pole. Yep. You know, forget about white belt. Like yeah. you are at the bottom, and I think with jujitsu, it's like the longest. You're gonna spend the most amount of time. As a blue belt and as a black belt. Yeah. Like, though, these are the times where you really have to figure out who you are as a person, not just your jiu-jitsu style, but whether you want, if you want this. Yeah. I feel like there's a similarity with music there, too, you know. Oh, huge. You know, there's certain, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's certain, you know, levels of proficiency whereby you can, you know, you know you've reached a certain level and you know that there's something waiting for you if you keep at it, you know, like there's another level after that. Yeah. But 
there's still a lot of work to be done. Huge you know, work. a lot of work to be done in this one kind of like platform. Yeah. And, you know, kind of jumping ahead or feeling like, oh, I should be getting better faster or this or that. It's just only going to hinder. Yeah. Um, I I know at least uh, in, in terms of my musical journey um, that I have on every instrument that I play, I have at one time felt like I'd plateaued mm-hmm. and then been like, hmm. Well, and then it's like, well, if I feel like I've plateaued, now I have to look at what am I working on all the time? Am I working on the same kind of stuff, that, and especially stylistically, that I'm already really good at? Mm-hmm. So um, you could think about it like... Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, like uh, ever since I joined the national team and started doing these national team training camps, this has been a big focus of mine. Yeah. You know, it's just like we have to get past the plateau. Yeah. Because we are not, you are not going to challenge the world's best by plateauing. Yeah. You know, so with sparring now, you know, every time I go into sparring, I always pick one thing that I'm going to work on. Yes. That I'm always going to try and execute this in a certain way or the way that I feel is technically proficient. Yeah. Right? So I'm here trying this, and it's not always going to work out the way I want it to. Yeah. Right? It's not always going to go this way. But I think it's just that pursuit. Yeah. You know what I mean? My coaches tell me this all the time. Like, if you aren't learning something from every session, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, you cannot be the best in every session. Yeah. And that's a mental thing too because you know like I've you know I've got X amount of fights and these guys have you know they don't just don't have the the experience that I do. Yeah. Um but but I can't go in there with that. Yeah. Because it's not helping me and it's not helping them. Yeah. And um I would imagine too like if you've kind of got an off day and somebody else is having, you know, they're just in a magic zone locked in. You know, just mm-hmm. for whatever reason the stars align mm-hmm. like it's you know, it's it's really could be just as easy as that, you know. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, you waited too long to take a shit before you came to train. And then, you you know, it's like, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable and sure. you just can't focus properly. Or it could be anything. Could be anything. Yeah. right? And it's the same same kind of thing. Like some there are some times when I'm playing, whether it's practicing at home or if I'm playing on a stage, if I'm performing. Sometimes it's just magic and you couldn't do something wrong if you fucking tried. Yeah. And then there are other days that are the complete opposite where you're just like, why can I not do this? Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Luckily, um, this is, and this is where they kind of start to veer off a little bit. Okay. Luckily in music... Um, as opposed to uh, in competitive fighting, where your opponent is just they they you know if they if you're having an off day they're going to capitalize sure and probably end up smashing you potentially yeah right whereas if you're on stage and you're having kind of an off day the rest of the band's going to try to help carry you okay you know mm-hmm. and that I mean now that's sort of like your team and your corner and sure. they're like you can fucking do this bro right right but at the end of the day. When you're in the ring, especially even if you've got good instructions being mm-hmm. called to you and stuff, you're the one that's got to execute. Yeah. Right. 
And the same can be said for when you're on stage because you're the one with X instrument in hand. Fair. It's a... I, now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong because I've, I've never really competed at a super high level, right? But... Um, you're right. I, it, I feel like there are ways where you can sort of sneak a shittier performance yeah. past people, especially in a, I hope, hopefully this doesn't sound too braggadocious when I say it, but I'm at a point now, so especially on bass, mm-hmm. um, I'm at a point on bass where even if I'm having a bad go and right. I'm just playing like shit, okay. I think Right. I'm playing like shit. Most people don't notice. Okay. My bandmates might be like, dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Yo, what's I that? go like, oh, I just, I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah. You know, tomorrow will be different. Be better. But today is dog shit, and uh, there's not a lot I can do about it right sure. now. Sure. Um, but, you know, as of right now, anyway, especially with the majority of the stuff I'm, I'm playing live. Sure. I'm at a level on bass where I can usually sneak a really bad day past kind of get away with the it. vast majority. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas um, now also I'm white belt as fuck on the mats. Sure. So um, if I'm having an off day there, I just get demoralized. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know, like so. I've had training camps uh, in striking training camps where I felt amazing. Yeah. you know like rocket rocket machine you know six gun everything's ready locked and loaded and then the fight happens and then you're just like what what just happened there right you know everything was so good leading up to this one moment and yeah. it just didn't end up the way that you wanted it to be right right and um i feel like that's just you know our way of identifying with the situation for sure. You know, like we put our own kind of, um, you know, we put our own expectations on performances and, yeah. you know, our even our practice and our preparations for that. We put our own expectations on that. Of course. And then when things don't work out the way that we want them to, we start to question. Yeah. I start to question what could I have done better or what could I have done. And I think that's that's a, that's the part of getting better. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I've been getting into journaling a lot and, uh documentation you know as far as writing down not just how i could have done better or how i felt about it Hmm. but um yeah that that's something where i feel like it's it's there's so many things that are out of your control yeah you know maybe you know maybe you could correct me on this but even like being up on stage with your band and kind of playing and where you whereby you feel that you know things aren't working out the way that you want them to it does it feel like there's there's certain factors that aren't in your control sometimes here's an excellent example of that right um (laughs) here we go uh, um i was playing this place i'm not gonna say the name of the club but um i was playing this place with broken harmony and um the first thing we noticed was not a great location. Okay. We never played there before. And we mm-hmm. get there, we're like, hmm, there's a little off the beaten trail. Mm-hmm. Shit. What's going on? So we load the gear in and we're looking around and there's like, we sent them some posters. None of them are up. We're like, fuck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the show starts, pitiful turnout. And you're like, hmm. So right there, 
the it's it's hard to get your energy up. Sure. Um, and, and you know what? We were actually playing okay. Here's the thing where this is like totally out of our control. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some not great wiring happening with the system. Okay. And at one point, um, my neck, luckily it was the side of my neck, touched the microphone. Oh, gosh. And there was, there was a bad grounding issue with the PA system or something. And when the side of my neck touched the PA, this like, I'm going to have to go back from the mic because I don't want to super clip this, but there's like a... <laughs> No Sam, way. And I got zapped no so way. fucking bad on the side of the Yikes. neck that I fell backwards. Luckily, my my amp was behind me, and it's a it's a big base, uh, relatively uh, wide base. Okay. Amp. It's not super tall, but right. it's wide. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you like sit down on it? I fell back, and luckily, I landed on the amp, so I didn't go all because like my legs gave out. Wow. And um, <laughs> here's where it's a little bit. I peed a little. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, just completely a dribble, acceptable. Just a dribble. You just got electrocuted. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, and like my heart's fucking racing. Yeah, it was just like, whoa, okay, what's happening? And just felt really jittery, and um, you know, we were already a little bit slightly demoralized with the show because mm-hmm. it was like way out of the way. It was not properly promoted. And then, you know, the bassist gets so so fucking zapped he pees, wow. right? That was, a, you know, like that's a night where you're like, what the fuck else can, can go wrong? Yeah. And, what, and what could we have done differently? Well, you know, we could have investigated the venue better. We could, you sure. know, there are a couple of things, but you don't really see it until after it's too late, which is... I feel like probably kind of similar to, you know, like, what Absolutely. the fuck happened in this fight? Absolutely. Well, let's go back and watch the tape. And you're like, oh. This happened or that happened. But really, can you control all of these things? And yeah. I think that it's, it's, it's so similar to the creative process. Yeah. Whether it's like, yeah, you know, going up on stage and playing a set for, you know, a group of people or going up on stage or getting into the ring and, you know, competing for people, right? There's... Yeah. There's so many different things, so many factors that are uncontrollable. Huge. Right? So I think, yeah, letting letting go of that, just taking a rest yeah. from all that stuff, like, makes makes you not only, you know, more adept at coming back to it again, mm-hmm. um, it also helps you realize that, again, we're coming back to this whole journey thing, right? Like, it's all about that, you know, these little steps that you make that define this entire experience. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you know, you're going to get electrocuted sometime. Sometimes. Sometimes. Unless you don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like. It's never fun. Are you going to get KO'd? Like, you know, me getting KO'd was one of those things whereby, you know, oh, I never thought this would happen. You know, like, felt good leading up to the camp, strong, everything. And then this happens. Yeah. Right. Not only that, it happens, you know, where I'm not in Canada, you know, in an international tournament, Yeah. you know, and then that can be demoralizing. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of people might even give up. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, it can motivate you, too. Sure. Of course. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes like. Fuck you. Watch me is such a, you know, powerful thing. Yeah. You know, um the very first show i ever played i just ate plates of shit <laughs> plates of shit just died just it, it was oh man it was this open mic when i was like 13 at a 
at like a teen drop-in center. You're kidding me. No, I'm 100% serious. <laughs> it was just before when we moved to Ontario. Well, hey, man, it takes a lot and of... It just, uh, takes a lot to get up on, again, you know, 13. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can't even think oh, about dude. what I was doing in front of public, you know, a I, public space or... I fucking bawled my eyes out. I just <laughs> like... Uh... I never want to do this again. And my mom's like, well... She's like, how did that feel? I was like, that was so bad. I'm so humiliated and so embarrassed. She's like, well, you just... She's like, there's two ways. There's one of two ways you can make sure that never happens again. Sure. You can either never try again or you can work really hard sure. and make sure that that never happens again. Yeah. And uh very very potent piece of motivation. Oh my um, gosh. Now, that being said, I've definitely eaten shit on stage since, but I mean not quite so horrifically. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's funny. I so, think there's this saying in jiu-jitsu, what is it? Um sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes, Sometimes you're the, the nail. nail. That's, yeah. You know, Huge. like you're gonna you're gonna take your beatings. Oh yeah, you, you you're have gonna to. get hammered. Yeah. You know, but the nail the nail bides its time. Yeah. You know, and it eventually becomes the hammer because mm. you're not taking those beatings for for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You well, know? I know up until recently, like um, I was feeling like, like man, like I just. I don't know what happened. Like, I felt like I was progressing, progressing, progressing in, in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, like, things are starting to get really complicated. And now I don't know if I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And I was, like, getting smushed all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And then and then I was like, man, maybe, like, what the fuck? How am I, like, still so sucky? And then I, and then I rolled with a couple other people I'd never rolled with before. And I had really kind of had my way and i was like oh well okay hmm that's the beauty of practice i think yeah you know before you know it yeah and you don't realize it either yeah it's something that doesn't you're not necessarily like aware of yeah you know cognizant it's funny i had a chat with a policeman today about it who, who trains at the gym as well you might know mark i'm not sure but uh great really guy. tall dude tall massive yeah okay yes massive yes. dude you know and he was saying the same thing too he's been trying this technique i think it was a cross choke or a collar choke right and it just hadn't been working for him you know like we were trying it and trying it, and he was like what what's what's happening here yeah. like why is this not working for me yeah. and then all of a sudden He's rolling with somebody who's bigger than him. I can only imagine where this Goliath came from. But it worked for him. And yeah. he was, you know, he couldn't believe it. He, we had the same talk that you're having, you and me are having right now. Yeah. Just like what, what was the period when we realized that we improve? Or what, what's the, you know, the point? Yeah. And there, there is no... Yeah. point it's like they, how do you know when you're good uh I, I don't know i'll let you know when i get there yeah yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah even yeah. when you stop or you know in the case of fighting it's like yeah. even when you stop sure you could be way better yeah but you you can't yeah. you can't go any farther you know so i think being you know happy and proud with what you've accomplished is just as important as getting to that point yeah and moving forward afterwards yeah, you know, because yeah, like you said, it can it can weigh down on you. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely. It can and, 
I know with uh, a lot of my music students, that's something I have to keep reminding them of, which is something I should have had in my own mind as well, but um, uh, for, like to relate to the jiu-jitsu, but uh, in terms of music, is we're always the last to see our own progress. Like other people will see it in you way more readily than you see it in yourself. For sure. Um, or hear it in the case of music. Um, so I, I really should have been thinking about that. And it would also hugely stand to reason that obviously the people that I roll with on a regular basis are going to be learning, you know, if we're always rolling together, mm-hmm. we're learning the same shit. Sure. And <laughs> that's not how I go. Yeah. And, and also like, if, if I'm rolling with them all the time, they're going to kind of get used to my go-tos and vice versa, which sure. is why like everything felt like, uh, like there's a handful of dudes where it was like, always felt like I was stalemating. Same thing. It's like, God damn it. Why yeah. can I not? It's like, well, because you guys know each other too well. Yeah. Of course it's going to, yeah. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this today. Mm-hmm. We just finished drilling it. How can you expect to, for to the, get this right away? Yeah, they're 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 gonna know it's coming. I know. So, which is kind of funny. It's like a sense of security too. Like you feel like sure. okay, I can do these things fairly well, so I'm yeah. gonna keep doing them because they have given me results. But when somebody knows that this is what you're trying to do, yeah. they have their own measures, right? That's why I tell a lot of students, and you know, especially the younger younger students, mm-hmm. it's um. And it's it might be a big concept for them to really you know grasp right now, but I'm always um, telling them don't compare your journey to anybody else's. Yeah, you know you can't say that oh if I was training X amount of days a week I would be this good and I would be getting this and I would be this champion and you know that is just gonna put you right back down. Yeah, you know that mentality does not get you anywhere. Yeah, um, I think your journey is your own yeah you know and how far you go with it is up to you yeah but by no means does anybody else get to decide that but you yeah of course well you know no one can do it for you no one can learn it for you nor can you do it for anyone else or learn it for anyone else you know it has like like you said your journey has to be your own it does. You know, because you're not anyone else. No. Comparing so. it to other people is just, you know, it's not helpful. Yeah. Because everybody's going to, you know, have their own objectives. Yeah. And especially, this. like, when sometimes people will be, like, look at someone else like, well, why do they have that when I have this? It's like, oh, what a waste of energy. Don't, you know, don't go don't go down that well, road. Why are you doing this? Yeah. What a waste of time. Rather than obsessing over what someone else has that you wish you had that instead of them, why not just, you know, work why not just spend all that time and energy working on being better? Because then who knows, you might end up with, um, an, like uh, there's a saying that I really like, and I have no idea who coined it, but Mm -hmm. luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Right. You know, it's like some people are like, Oh, that guy's got all the luck or she's got all the luck or whatever. And it's like, well, no, they were ready when the opportunity came along. If they weren't ready, they wouldn't have got it. Wouldn't have been theirs. Right. You know, yeah. so it's funny cutting weight for a fight coming up next weekend. Yeah. And, you know, where this, are you fighting? Uh, so uh, this one will be in Markham. Um, and it's an interesting one. It's uh, it's called the East versus West Qualifier Series. Okay. So it's pretty much Canada, 
like a Canadian national team versus a Chinese national team. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's done in Markham because um, their MP is a Chinese-Canadian, and uh, they've developed some um, some diplomatic kind of connections with uh, Chinese government officials and uh, a local Chinese kickboxing organization. Oh, cool. So the qualifier series is all about you competing in this organization and uh, kind of just gaining certain points for your performances, your wins sure. or whatever. And if you garner a certain amount of points, you get to go to China. All expenses paid. So it's pretty much a professional tournament based on amateur, you know, contingencies and rules and anything like that. But sure. that's coming up next week. And, you know, I've got my homies asking me, St. Patty's Day, man. Like, can yeah. we get the green beer? Go, you know, let's go. Let's go and get it, right? But got to keep the weight down. Yeah. Booze hey. does not help. No. It does not help no. for that. Booze will blow you up. It will blow you way. up big time. Puffy yeah. cheeks, you know, rosy yeah. red. So, I mean. Get that big fat. <laughs> <laughs> get the jowls going yeah, yeah i've been there i've been there so it's just like <laughs> hey man you know it, that comes back to what you were saying huh? you get lucky when you prepare that's right and then the opportunity presents itself yeah. can the public go watch this fight yeah absolutely how, come how and check it out um shoot tickets might be like 20 bucks cool. do you um, know where they can Buy them? Yes, I do. Uh, they can be purchased at www.wacocanada. That's w a k o Canada. dot org. All right. Yeah. Well, if they if you won't be able to purchase them online, they'll definitely provide you with information as far as where to get them and other things like that. So, awesome. yeah, this is the organization that's kind of running it. Very professional. Very you know safety oriented. Good. But, um, yeah, you know, it's kind of just the opportunity, right? It presented itself in a certain way. It's funny, I went out to Nashville last year because, right. yeah, it was it was just this opportunity that presented itself and you just have to be lucky enough to be right. prepared enough and be in this position whereby, okay, I'm going to Nashville to fight. Yeah. Didn't know about it three weeks ago. Until yeah. th- but here we are, I'm jumping on a plane, yeah. you know? Yeah. so That's when you got all clean-shaven. That's right. Yeah. Actually, getting, no, I had a beard back then. Beard back. I had that beard. You know, I might let yeah. it go because I'm kind of digging the D'Artagnan kind of, you know, the pencil thin and the. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to do with my with my fashion and my facial hair, but anyways, <laughs> in any case, it's uh, it's funny. Like these opportunities kind of bring so much out of you. Yeah. You know, I met so many great people down in the states. Great country, Nashville, incredible. Yeah, I right? want to go so badly. Music, like musically, yeah. Holy crap. Like right. they they just know what's going on out there, right? So, I could have been like, I oh, I'm not ready, yeah. or you know, I haven't been training enough, or I didn't think my performance in the training camp was that good. Yeah. And my coach will say, okay, you don't have to go to Nashville, right? You know, you don't have to do this. Like it's up to you. At yeah. the end of the day. And that's when that what if shit starts creeping back in. Oh. Like, oh, what if I what if I did go? What if, oh, did I miss a huge opportunity? Just about any time you pass something up, you've missed an opportunity. It's I, a I curse. Think. Yeah, man. It's a curse. It's hard it's, it's a that's a hard thing, man. Um I've you know I have a problem with saying no to projects and uh getting like bogged down with tons and tons of shit and you're like, Oh my god. Right. Have I taken on too much? And sometimes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes I have, and I fucked up a little bit. <laughs> it is a lot. But, like, you know, I'm the same way. I started boxing in Oshawa, 
and I'm going um, just going out there once a week now, but I'm trying to make it three days a week. Mm. And the the other three days, I'm going to be training in Peterborough. Yeah, so that's a lot. That's a lot, and not to mention I have a day job, so I'm waking up, yeah. you know, going to the office at six o'clock. I'm getting home at nine o'clock sometimes. You're there at six o'clock in the morning? Yeah, well, you know what? Where I work at, it's uh, we deal a lot with the UK. So we're dealing with that time difference whereby, you know, we need to get in contact with these guys over there across the Atlantic and we need to do it quick enough. Uh, I work in uh, logistics, so it's like a freight freight oriented customs uh, kind of role whereby okay. you really have to know what's going on and what's coming over here yeah um, it's like a six hour time difference right to the uk yes i think it's yeah. like five or six hours or six, yeah okay. so you just gotta you gotta be there early right yeah. so you know exhausted some days dawson yeah right? during the week man exhausted you know but that mental toughness that's gonna that shit is that's gonna carry you a long way yeah man it is and uh and now, you know, learning, you know, a little bit about chords and tone and from you about music, you know, if, yeah. even if I find 10 or 15 minutes at the end of the night to do that, yeah. it makes my day. Good. Like I've, you know, achieved something with this week, with this day, with this yeah. life, you know. Yeah, well, man, I'm a, I'm a very large proponent of everybody needs some form of outlet you know and for like for a long time and i know i've said it to you many times already but like i'm super grateful for you getting me back into martial arts man because before i got back into it i mean i didn't really have something where i because i i fucking love music i love it i love playing it i love writing it i love performing all that i love it so much Mm -hmm. but it is my job right and it gets stressful you know and I was like, man, I need some other way to express myself that isn't this. Yeah. And martial arts does not only that, but it gets to physically exhaust me. Mm-hmm. So I sleep so much better at night. Man, sure. days that I train, which this week's been kind of a wash because Amber and I are gearing up to go to Europe and right. shit, which yeah. is taking way more time than I expect. Sure. I mean, also because like it's tax season yeah so and i'm i am officially self-employed right, right. so there's a lot of Pull the stuff receipts like out oh uh, anyway uh not to bitch about that stuff but like and, and then you know like gearing up for you know taking care of all the bills to be paid before we leave and all these other things and like you know yeah where we're staying and what we're doing and all this kind of stuff across the pond mm-hmm. making sure all that's in line while still practicing for shows and having all that kind of stuff in line i'm like holy fuck i was like what is you know basically the only thing that isn't a requirement like what's what's a and i I almost hate to think about it this way but what's a luxury well the jujitsu is a luxury it is like uh, apparently i need that extra hour a day right fuck okay (laughs) well maybe you know Maybe next week I'll, I'll be able to get in right. like, on the on the regular days that I am able to go. But it is a luxury, right? It just man, I. It's I'm such, so much more calm it. when right. I do it, mm-hmm. and I sleep better. Uh, I've been eating better, and I, I mean, 
for you know i'll touch on the vanity my body looks better <laughs> and i like it well i'll be honest it's, with you your wife came and told me that the other day yeah, the last yeah. time i saw her too she's like you know what i really like the dawson's in martial arts i'm like hey man it wasn't me it was him it's like no i really like that he's in martial arts <laughs> like, all, right, all, right. <laughs> all right i get it uh, yeah no she like and i've noticed that she you know she, like it's at luxury, first man. you know there's that noise that hmm okay and then it gets a little bit bassier. That mm, there you like, go. Oh, <laughs> well then. All right, sweet. Let me go do a couple bridges. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna go bust out some crutches real quick. Get a, bit of a, get a little bit of a puff. That's up, right. And then, and then walk downstairs without a shirt on. Hey, baby, what's going on? <laughs> Wearing those cut-off shirts. I like that, bro. I like that. But I mean, you're right. It's like a luxury, but it gets you away from that kind of, you know, that. Monot- not necessarily monotony, but the routine. Yeah. Right? Music has been doing that for me, too. Yeah. You know? Is, that's so cool that it's almost the flip, and I'm really it's, glad that I get to that I get to help you with it because you were able to do this for me. Thank so, you. Well, thank right? you for that, man. And remember, it's, it's, it wasn't me. It was you that you, wanted to do it just as much as it. Sure. It not, yes. It's not just mine. It's just you. Like, cause, you know, there's lots of music instructors out there. Sure. You know, there's lots of great people, but just the way you – approached it with me and the way you kind of brought it to me motivated me motivated me to go out and do this you well, know for the reasons that you kind of said too is provides this kind of creative outlet yeah. and i am creative when i'm in martial arts but it's not the same yeah it's a different it, it's it's cool how many similarities there are and then that i think because there's so many similarities, that's what makes the differences so special. Right. You know, um, I feel like um, in terms of preparation, there's there's a ton of similarities. Like, they're, they both require time. They both require fuck ton of concentration. Right. Practice. Uh, tons of pra- rigor, mm-hmm. drilling over and over drill, and drill, over drill. and over and yeah. over again. And then, and then when it comes time for, you know... Uh, you have to be creative. You have to. You have to think. You have to, um, and and not just about like, um, you know, uh, if you're kickboxing, you mm-hmm. know, you're thinking about your hands. You're thinking about your feet. You're thinking about head movement. You're mm-hmm. thinking, you know, all these different applications. When when it's the when you're playing music, you're thinking about note choices and rhythms and and you know then this where the kind of dance between the instruments comes in mm-hmm. what are the other guys doing sure. same sort of idea in the sure. ring what's the other guy doing mm-hmm. that's gonna make me you know react react and how do i make him react and yes that, and that back and forth where um you know and the, and then that's where it's sort of like the differences start to they start materializing up, yeah you know like yeah. where um the difference there like when <laughs> how am i gonna make my bandmates react with what I'm doing. Sure. Really trying to be complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas of course. in the ring, it's like, I really hope he misses so that this, you know, if I slip this, his chin's at the right angle where I can just, you know, and then, sure. Sure. then I win. It's, it's, it, it is, a, there are those differences where yeah. it comes into it, whereby, but believe it or not, it's also very complimentary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even in the ring, too. Um, especially when you start thinking about strategy and I know you guys do this with music too, right? But it's just like the way you want things to go. 
Oh, totally. Right. And visualization. Right. And all kinds. Yeah, man. Visualization is big in music, I'm sure. Huge. And it's very big in martial arts. Yeah. Right? You just have to see it before it actually happens. Yeah. But there's so many things you can't control. Yeah. Of right? course. It's dead. It just in terms of visualization, this uh, and I know I talk a lot about like weird stoner talk and stoner theories and shit like that. <laughs> Love it. But uh, for the for the visualization, um, this is a, an exercise that I do quite often. Um, not only do I do it right before I go to bed every night, most nights I shouldn't say every night, most nights. Sometimes I'm exhausted or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, but the majority of the time before I go to sleep, or if I don't have access to an instrument. If I close my eyes and visualize a fretboard, mm-hmm. I can actually kind of play in my head. Right. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then when I go to do that later, like physically on the instrument, mm-hmm. I can usually recreate what I've just done in my noggin. Sure. So that that aspect of visualization is like it's it's huge. so important, right? Yeah. You know, coming yeah from the martial arts perspective, it's key. Yeah. You know, it's. We talk about like the mental side of it, right? And you, like you said, like I'm sure with music too, there's the physical, the drilling, the rigor side of it. Yep. But it's the mentality. Yeah. Right. We kind of talked about the happy and the sad. Yes. Right. Between about the major it. And the minor. Right. Yeah, the yeah, majors yeah. and the minors. Like it's really all about that. It's just how you're mentally approaching that situation. Of course. And you can look at it in a lot of ways, or you can approach it in a lot of ways. But it's about your objective as far as what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. with it and uh it's never gonna be perfect perfect i guess i don't know yeah. i feel like the creative process for me like i'm going through stages with it sure you know there's certain stages like you're, you're creating it okay you're like making it and uh the next stage for me is like okay that felt all right like it felt good and then I feel like the next stage for that is like, oh, that was terrible. Like, why did I even do that in the first place? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then there's like, a, a, I'm sure there's some stages in between there. But like the last stage for me is just accepting it. Yeah. You know, accepting that I did this and accepting that it is what it is. Yeah. And I have to just be, you know, proud of something that I achieved there. Sure. You know, so I think the creative process lends itself to these kinds of, you of know, stages and feelings. Yeah. yeah. Well, something that I I really like, and I don't want to sound too like. Eh. Anyway. Get the stoner talk going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it going. Uh, something that I love, um, Sun Tzu. Once you understand something broadly, you see it in all things. Sure. Right. Um, I feel like preparation and rigor and creativity and all that kind of stuff could be said for, you know. If you apply the discipline required to be good at anything, you could probably find it in anything. Sure. You know, um, poten- yeah. potentially. Now, I, you know, I have a pretty limited skill set, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. I could be talking out of my ass, but no, I man. mean, no, um, you're right. From from what I understand, Sun Tzu was a pretty bad motherfucker. So uh, <laughs> he knew what was up. Knew, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I think yeah. even guys like mm-hmm. Sun Tzu, you know, again, you know, I haven't read up on him or anything like that, but he was just a product of his environment. Well, right? yes. You know, he was just kind of one of those guys or, you know, and it's not you no know, limited to males, obviously, but you know, it's just something whereby we are created by this world that surrounds us, Yeah. you know? And I think sometimes the, the concept of identity isn't, real 
because it's mm. something that's shaped by your out like the outer world yeah not like some external influence yeah, yeah it's not necessarily created by you in a lot of ways sure now you can definitely make your own identity yeah right you can make your own identity but a lot of it is created from the out the outside sure so maybe a guy like sun Tzu is like look i just refuse to accept what the outer world is giving me yeah. and i'm going to do my own thing like i'm gonna become sun tzu yeah right so i th- that that's something that that drives me a lot yeah just knowing that you know you're not in control really are yeah. you you are but so am i yeah you know and i get to decide things just as much as you do yeah you being you know your life and your friends and your family and yeah. your situation or whatever it is for so. sure um again it's that journey you know coming back to that yes speaking of the journey here's what uh just so we can (laughs) get back into there's the chronological order gets pretty fucked up right um talking on this show uh because tangents are fun and (laughs) totally especially when people are interesting you're an interesting dude so this is this is very cool thank you um when did you start training at world championship uh, so I started in 2012. Okay. 2012, yeah. Cool. So six years, six years ago. Right. So that was the first club that you... The first, like, competitive club right. that I was at. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I was in traditional martial arts before. Sure. Doing competitive, actually, martial But not at this kind of level, this full contact... Right. ...kind of level, fighting, quote-unquote... Yeah. Level, yeah. So yeah. I had done, you know, sparring tournaments and stuff like that. Sure. But they're pretty light contact. Right. As far as full like, contact's a trip. Full contact is something, man. You know, like getting hit with a body shot. Holy fighting with MMA gloves. Like yeah, I've never done that. Like I remember you watching that fight and I was yeah, busted up in that fight, bro. That's when your nose got you know, like no jacked. oh man, the scars like yeah, this man. this is a part of that life. Yeah. You know, and you you get used to it quick when you're in the ring. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it was the first kind of uh, place where that happened. Yeah. But it was the right kind of environment because they're never going to, and this should be, you know, what every martial arts gym is about. They should never be forcing somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, yeah. I've never felt pressure to compete other than, I mean, I've never felt external pressure. I should rephrase that. I've never felt external pressure to compete. Mm-hmm. There's a part of my brain that's always like, just fucking go for it. And then I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. I was like, the people that are here that I train with regularly, they know what I do for a living and they're very, yeah. you know, considerate with my hands. Yeah, you know? for like, sure. And at any time, like, because every once in a while, like, because... You, when you play a lot, you, you get tendonitis. Sure. And like, if my hands kind of flare up and shit, it's your livelihood. They're just like, ah, just drill something else lightly for a little bit. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. People aren't like, if I'm, you know, if I'm in a tournament, that that guy I'm rolling with's not gonna give a no, fuck. Not gonna so care. Be like, oh, your hands hurt. Awesome. Arm Great. bar, bitch. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'm ah, give it to you now. now you know. I lose. <laughs> have you had? Have you been cow handed yet? Wrist locks. Oh, uh, once. <laughs> I don't. I don't care for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it interesting, man. It hurts. It hurts, it hurts for uh, sure. When yeah. you got small bendy wrists, holy, they just yeah. do it with one hand, you know. Yeah. But, Shit, man. Um, even even um, 
even the uh, the Americana. Americana, yeah, backwards. like which is at least when I had it on me was more like elbow shoulder sure. pressure. Mm-hmm. But that was like whoa, all the arm fuck. stuff, man, crazy Kimura, Americana, yeah. like yeah. especially all when that. you get the leverage. Kimura, I felt way in the shoulder. Right. Uh, Kimura Omoplata, those I feel way in the shoulder. Right. Uh, Americana, I feel a little more in, in the, the elbow. elbow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like straight arm bars, like entirely in the elbow. And yeah. I tapped to those super fast. Oh, man. It's like, nope, thank you. I was, a, I was an idiot and got major injuries in both my elbows from arm bars in no. competition. Just not tapping. You know, like just just stubborn and you know so blockheaded, hyperextended. Hyperextended. Yeah, I'm still dealing with the physio from those. You know, and I think that happened like 20. That was like five years ago. You know what I mean? So it, it's one of those things, man. Like it's not for everybody. Let's just put it right out there. You know, like in a lot of ways, that's that's the difference. You know, like full contact fighting and even jujitsu competition, full contact. Yeah, is you know they make you sign waivers for a reason. Oh yeah, you get like legitimately hurt. For sure, for sure. It's it's so funny because like there's a part of me that's like, do it, do it, and I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I have to like I have serious internal debates, and then I'm like, "Mm." if I get hurt though, I'm so fucked. Right. And like for a long period, of, and who knows? Like, what if it's something permanent? You sure. know, like it. So it is. It is kind of scary. Even like, there are people that I play with that are, you know, at times concerned. When I'm like, oh, I had a great role today, and they're like, man, you could like, like if you get taken down weird, and you go to post, you could just break your arm. Just that's and it. I'm like, yeah, I could. It happens fast. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you're right. Ramifications, you know, head trauma. We were going about that before, yeah, right? That's like that's shit. that is scary. That's not something that'll happen, you know, when I'm forty or fifty. Yeah. That's like the last ten years of your life. Yeah, you know, when that stuff starts happening and it starts having an effect. Yeah. So you got about you got to wonder about why, you yeah. know, why you're doing this. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's interesting because yeah, we kind of went over this before, but it was uh, it's super cliche. But music's kind of like that too. It's like, mm-hmm. why do this? It's, it's doing something that's greater than yourself. Yep. You know, Definitely. like it's something bigger. Yeah. Than one person in a ring, or one person, you know, with an instrument, or a band, or you know, it's it's about being something greater. Yeah. Or is achieving something greater. Yeah. And being and, your best. Yeah, and testing yourself. You know, can I do this? Right. And I think it's funny because um. It could easily, I think both, I think both vocations could probably easily be perceived as, um, as selfish uh, to an extent, you know Extremely. what I mean? Because it's like, there's so many things I know for a fact that I've missed, like in, you know, in family things where it's like, can't, sure. you know, I, I either I have a show or I've got a rehearsal or I've got, mm-hmm. I have work to do. I right. can't make this thing i'm sorry yeah and sacrifice know, yeah exactly it is tons of sacrifice it is and you, when you do great things you sacrifice great things too yeah you and know. it's it's funny too I, I feel like it could also like you said earlier um potentially shallow perceived as shallow as to like can i can i do this and i don't i don't think that's a bad thing and and i don't think it's shallow Despite the fact that it could be perceived that way, shallow. Yes, it's not. I think it's you know. I think not enough people test themselves, 
and um, I don't know who coined this saying, but I like it, so I'm going to use it, but mm. pressure makes diamonds. That's it, man. You know? That's it. You got to be a go-getter. Yeah, that's right. right. You got to go and get it, man, because yeah. if you're not going to get it, somebody Someone else is. Fuck yes. Right? So go and get it. Be a go-getter, yeah. because time's running out. Yep. Right? And again, what if? Huge. What always if I did always it? comes back to what if. Right. You know, what if I tried a little harder? Well, then don't ask that question. Just try hard. Just try hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like what if what if I get get hurt, you know, doing this is gonna affect my livelihood. Yeah. Well, you could get hurt. Yeah. But that's gonna stop you from doing something. You I know you love jujitsu. I do. You right? You know, like if that if that held you back, you know, like what what kind of Dawson McManus would we you know, get to know, and he probably would be the same guy in probably a lot not. of ways. Probably not, and Maybe honestly, not. The, I, I, I attribute being a, a half-decent musician to my upbringing in martial arts, because I was, I was put in it very young as well. Uh, started in judo when I was four, cool. and then switched over to taekwondo at five, did taekwondo five to 13, and then karate 13 to 18, Cool. right? And I attribute the, you know the the lateral skills and just mindset of discipline rigor drill you know mm-hmm. oh well you oh, you're not feeling well you're not feeling well mm. buttercup <laughs> fucking what are you play do? yeah you know play. like i've uh, i don't know if i've told the story on the show before but um i was with a band in montreal and i had food poisoning and i was hurling my guts up in between sets wow get back on stage, play for an hour, jump off, go throw up for 30 minutes, get back on stage, play for an hour, get off, hurl for 30 minutes, get back on stage no for the last hour, play. Because we did... Um, it was a triple header? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Okay. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it was they were going to pay us the, the lump some Saturday night. Sure. It's like, I have food poisoning. I can't stop puking. They're like, well, if you don't play tonight, we're going to pay you at all. Right. Well, there you go. If we don't get paid, we don't have enough money to get gas to go home. To go home, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Got some plan. That's it. You know. That's it. So it's Just like I'll see y'all in thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like I'll be right back. It's like why are you so pale? Because I've uh, been puking been this whole time. That's why my voice puking. sounds so fucking raw. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you know, like even if you're sick, even if you're tired, yeah. you know, even if you don't want to necessarily. Yeah. Like there's the pros far outweigh the cons. Yeah, hugely. You know, hugely. like and that's that's something that motivates me. Yeah. You know, as much as it does other people. Yeah. Like and why why do this? And that feeling of accomplishment, like I mean. I know depression's a real thing. I battled it as a as specifically like at its worst as a teenager. Mm-hmm. But when I'm kicking ass at life, it's not really a pro- like. And I mean, not not necessarily like making gobs of money, but if I've just played a banging fucking show, if I know I even even when I and I more often than not lose in Randori when we're rolling, I usually get beat. Sure. But I fucking tried my best. That's and it, I feel man. good about that. That's it. You know? That's and it. And like and even on days where like on on days that there's like no afternoon classes, well I'll work out at home. Sure. And after I'm done, even like especially when it's first thing in the morning, I'm like, Oh my god, yeah. that feels so good. I, <laughs> I don't want to get up. It's like, uh, well, if you don't, you're gonna regret it later and you're gonna be pissed off 
You're gonna see yourself in the mirror, and even though there's no visible difference, you're gonna you're gonna feel like you look a little fatter today than you <laughs> did. Yet. Even though you probably don't, yeah. you're gonna see it. And it's like you know all that kind of shit of like you just push, you push, you push, 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 man. Feels good. Just do it, you and know. like just you know. It's important, happier. man. It's important. Yeah, like you know, looking back with regret, right? It's not. It's not something I want. I want to win every day. I want to win every year. Yeah. You know, moving forward, man. Yeah. And that's that's something that provides some anxiety too. Of course. It Let's does. be real, Has right? Because you got you're putting expectations on yourself. Yeah. You know, and and what you're doing sometimes, you know, yeah, it's your livelihood, or you feel like your reputation is like you know affixed to it. Yeah. Right. But again, you know, what if you didn't do it? Yeah. Again, you just feel like, oh, what if I didn't join this gym six years ago? Right right who would that person be not the same guy not for sure not the same guy for sure would maybe had all his brain cells but let's be (laughs) honest you know he wouldn't be this guy that you know let's be honest people like i look up to the things that i did you know like other people look up to it too you know that's why it's all about being a mentor in martial arts right it's not about what you achieve but it's what you can pass on yeah well shit we might not be friends word that's right. it, right? So if it wasn't for the decisions that we make, yeah, totally. you know, they can definitely provide anxiety or depression or whatever it is, but it's you got to make them, man. Yeah. You got to make them. Do you feel like the, the, the need to avoid those what-if questions, do you feel like that helps to override the anxiety of maybe the the weight of an expectation on yourself or yes yes and no um the the what ifs definitely help me put things in perspective sure so they can help you know me see kind of with the example that we talked about right like this person versus that person of course right um so yes it does do that in that sense but it also like expectations are still gonna give you you know those those kind of feelings yeah regardless of whether you think a certain way or not about them sure you know what do you you think it is then maybe more so or in addition to uh the the what if stuff what do you how do you overcome the anxiety of the the self-imposed expectation I uh, I make sure that I have uh, balance in my mm. life. Yeah. Um, so I think about the pendulum a lot. Right. And just as a metaphor for life. Sure. You yeah. know. Swinging back and forth. Yeah, yeah swinging yeah. back and forth. It's going to swing one way. But what happens when it swings high up one way? It's going to come just as high the other way. Right. Right. So that provides balance. But you don't want that pendulum swinging too high. Right. Right, because you can be super healthy, fighter guy, you know, 100 fights, this, that, you know, the man. What happens when you're done with that? Like, what happens when that career or that lifestyle is over? Sure. So, I think the balance provides me with a relief from, you know, the what ifs. Sure. If that, if that makes sense. Like, not necessarily saying, this defines me because right. as much as you want to live in the moment i feel like this moment doesn't define me either right so right. that that does you know that that's key for me 
right. knowing that there is going to be an end of the road. Okay. With that kind of stuff. Like, I'll always be training martial arts. Sure. But I won't be competing. Won't be competing. Sure, yeah. Right? So I ha- I came to terms with it. Right. Well, I think it's still going to be tough, you know, because we haven't reached that, that end of the road yet. But when it did happen, or when it does happen, I think, like, balance is going to keep things in check. You right. know, having something else to fall back on. Right. Did so, that answer like, your question? I think so. Yeah. So, like, you know, n- most likely getting into being a trainer and, and, and teaching and then also having, you know. Something uh, else. The like, music. Like the music. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Other things. Creative yeah. things that you can do. Yeah. That kind of get you past those goals or even if you don't achieve those goals. Right. Or what you feel was like an identity tie. Yeah. Yeah. Because the identity is a killer. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's the, like, a, I don't know. I feel like for me, it could be a, you know, a big source of this kind of stuff. Like sure. this mental, you know, kind of hard hardships, quote unquote. Yeah. And uh, once you get past that, it's liberating. Yeah. Right. You know, you're not tied down to this identity or this role in life. For sure. You're not always going to fight. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I mean, if you think about it, before six years ago, you, you weren't. No. So if you were able to make that change from, you know, medical professional to fighting professional. Sure. Transitioning out of that, you know. Yeah. Clearly, your identity is what you make it. Right. So. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, when people ask me who, you know, what do I do, tell my work in logistics at a manufacturing plant. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, I don't tell people that I'm a fighter necessarily. Right. Not 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 at first. Let's put it that way. Sure. You know, it's not something that I feel that defines me as a person. For sure. It's a big part of my life. Yeah. But, you know, so is, you know brushing my teeth for two minutes every <laughs> night <laughs> like i'm there with a stopwatch you know what i mean like <laughs> these these things there's so many things that define us yeah as people uh, yeah, right totally. and for me to just pick on one thing or yeah. say that one thing is the end all be all i i couldn't do it that's that's really cool so yeah. i'll tell you man i have a hard time thinking of myself as anything other than a musician because i don't mm-hmm. i've been doing it so long you know, yeah. like I've, I've been playing like in bars since I was 14. Wow. And I'm 32. I'm going to be 33 in August. Sure. Almost 20 years. Yeah. Right. That's a lot. That's a long time. I don't know. I really don't know who I am without that. If okay. that makes sense, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I agree. So I'm. I gotta say, I I, f- I feel a little bit of envy that maybe envy is the wrong word, but it's like that's very cool that you can almost. I don't want to say disassociate, but that you don't have that much weight riding on something that clearly you take very seriously, sure, and that you love to do, mm-hmm. and that you know is a huge part of your life mm-hmm. but that's like you know to quote you it's not your end all be all no you know it's like, not that's that's a cool thing to be able to yeah. be like yeah this is this is what I do but it's not necessarily all I am all that I do 
you know. Yeah, and, it's easy for me to say this now. You sh- know, sure, okay. it's so easy for me to do this now, right? Once I'm done, you know, in a couple of years or whatever, after another injury, it it, it, it could you know tear me down. Yeah. You know, because yeah, like you said, you defi- you've been doing it for this amount of time. People associate you with this role. Yeah. And that's a big one. That's a big one, man. And then when you say that you're not this person anymore, yeah. Even though they're just like, oh, that's okay, you know, like you're somebody. You are like so tied down by this, right? Right. But you, Dawson, you're not just a musician. Well, no. I mean, I do like other stuff for sure, and and I am interested in it. But I mean, like, I, uh, you sure. know, it's like th- like what even happens? trying to imagine. Trying to imagine not doing it every day, sure, is like, oh, yeah, fuck no. What like there? There has been the odd time where I'll like miss a day without playing or something, or get close to have not played that day. Mm-hmm. And Amber will be like, "Have you played today?" Yeah. No, she's like, yeah, I didn't think so. You're acting like an asshole right now. <laughs> you need to go play some fucking yeah, music, yeah. and whatever's wrong with you will vacate. Yeah, and then we sorted. can get on with this shit. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's it's so. true. You we define ourselves by yeah. you know our actions sometimes, yeah. and um, it's it's a big bridge to cross, man. Yeah, it is like, you know, just from meeting you. You know, not only are you like a musician, and that's kind of how we we met and how we kind of know each other, mm-hmm. but you're also a teacher. Yeah. You know, that's you true. you teach music incidentally, right? It yeah. could you never know. Like teaching, I feel like is not it's something like it's not necessarily pertaining to the subject, but it's pertaining to like the person and the recipient. It's definitely, um, at least for me, I'm su- I'm sure some people are natural at it, but for me, it's a skill set. Right. Um, when I first started teaching music, like, uh, like ten years ago, I was not a good teacher. Ten years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm better. I'm considerably better at it now. But it, you know, you just the more you do something, the better you get at the it. The more you, be, yeah, the more you so, do it. Um, but yeah, you know, you're not just like a musician. You're not just a teacher. Like, it's this whole idea of kind of just being like a mentor you know and just like yeah you know and i've seen the way you've been you know the way you interact with other people you know whether it's you know after one of your shows or you know um you know the guys at the gym right right? it's all about kind of providing that presence for them you know and that that presence is just you oh right like hey like you know it's not it's it's something that you're right it's a skill set yeah, but we often get you know stuck in these roles. You sure. get stuck in the left lane of the four hundred one, and you're like, <laughs> "This is my lane now." Yeah, but no, yeah. it's not. Sure. You know, like you've got to eventually move out of this lane to get to where you're going in life. Sure, right. So definitely, we yeah, you and just anybody else. You know, like there's so much to us. But yeah, you're right. I, just, I am this person. Yeah, you know, I am this person. And that's, it's something that's hard to get, you know, get out of your head. It's just like, man, I often think about that. It's like, what if somebody chopped my hands off? Ugh. You know, like, <laughs> what if, what if that just happened all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, relaxing or some shit. something like that, you know, and you just, mm. and these things define us. So these hands, yeah, man. you know, they define everything of about us. Yeah. Right. 
it definitely is going to change me not having these hands. Yeah. Right? But there's so much more to me besides these hands. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's so much more, right? We get tied down in these kind of roles again, you know, these like these these personas or, you know, these these jobs that we can do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I heard a funny story. He was uh, one of these martial artists. He, I think he, he got his house broken into. And he just, like, beat the crap out of this robber <laughs> with a two-by-four. Oh, my God. And, yeah, he did. And, like, people were just like, man, why didn't you just, like, punch him? You know, like, why don't you just kick him? But he's like, I make money with these things. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to waste these on this guy. Yeah. You know, and I could just use. <laughs> I don't know why I brought the story up. It's funny because it's like it's like we we associate so many things about our you know our bodies in our lives with our hands or our feet or our brains, mm-hmm. and when they aren't there anymore, we don't we don't think that we're the same person. Yeah, but we really are. It's just a different version. You know, a lot of the qualities yeah. are still there. Yeah, but it's just like a different perspective on things like i often think about oh what if i didn't have hands okay i wouldn't be able to teach martial arts maybe yeah i wouldn't be able to work maybe yeah i wouldn't be able to brush my teeth like all this stuff you know like all this stuff that we associate with us like oh i'm a capable human being i can do all this stuff mm-hmm. but does it really do I define myself by how I brush my teeth or do I define myself by how I teach martial arts or how do I define myself like how I practice martial arts or music? Sure. And that's, that's a big question. Yeah. That's a big question that I don't necessarily think there's like a solid answer to. Yeah. I just feel like there's, there shouldn't just be yes. Right. Or no. It's more like, I mean, I think probably the closest thing I could come up with to an answer for that like would be a culmination of everything. Yeah. Right. The sum you, of all the parts, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, that one jujitsu guy, uh, Makado, I think it was Jean Jacques Makado. I think he was born. He had like a congenital thing where he didn't have um, fingers on one of his hands. Oh, shit. This guy's like a coral belt, right? So he's like, yeah, so he's like a red and white. It's yeah, yeah, the yeah. top, top, top level. Yeah, yeah. Still doesn't have these fingers or whatever. He just learned to do jiu-jitsu without gi grips. Right. So he just learned to do jiu-jitsu, which is what people say is the basis of no gi. Whoa. Right? So he pretty much, and I could be wrong on this world, please fact check me and let me know. But (laughs) when you don't have something, is it going to limit you from being, you know, taking part in something? Or is it going to change your outlook on things? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And no. Right. Like this dude fought, you know, competed in jujitsu without gi grips on one hand and now here's no gi where you don't have those gi grips yeah so you know it's it's funny that you can get something from from a situation where most people would would feel like they're in total despair you know like they've got nothing else to offer you know it's like oh i can't grip with this hand anymore 
how am I going to do my favorite cross joke or how am I going to do my loop choke or, you know, how am I going to get the single leg when I'm X in X, Y, and Z or whatever it is, right? Um, but there's stories like that. Yeah. You know, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Right? A lot of guys like that. Like, just, just you know, geniuses, yeah, right? Like, just make something from nothing. Yeah. Right? That That motivates the hell out of me. That's awesome. Knowing that it's not, you know? It's not your eyesight that defines you. It's these things. Yeah. And it's here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that guy, you know, loves Stevie Wonder. Fucking A. Right? Me too. Love <laughs> Nogi Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Right? I'm so bad at no. I'm so much, like, and I'm, obviously, I'm not good at Jiu-Jitsu. I'm, I mean, getting better. But, like, Me I'm so much more comfortable in Gi than out. Right. Like. Yeah. Just, I, I just use a lot of Nogi grips in Gi. Yeah. Because a good idea. I because I don't like I'm yeah I'm the same way I'm not familiar with gi grips and all the different tricks that you can have with gi grips, mm. and I like the fact that I don't necessarily have to rely on them to get what I want. Yeah, get into a certain position or so I do use a lot of no gi grips in gi. I should probably start trying to do that because that'll help when I'm rolling in no gi because I'm I'm so much more comfortable in gi. Than in, than in no gi just cause like you can grab a hold of the sleeve you can grab a hold of the collar you can grab a hold of the belt you know there's like all these things that you can that you can use that you can grab a hold of right. that just aren't fucking there in no gi yeah you know you're just rolling around this rash card and you're like oh I slipped out again <laughs> son of a bitch yeah <laughs> yeah it's quick man yeah, it's so really quick. quick it's so athletic and quick it's a different game yeah it is right? it's when really I, cool when I injured my arm and I had an arm bar injury I took my arm and tucked it into my belt and just rolled with Jesus one arm. Jesus Christ. Did. Like, you're just getting smashed regularly, yeah. regularly, people, you know? You, all of a sudden, you don't have this. Yeah. But it helped me. What? No. Somebody else did that in a, like, a real, there was, like, a really famous match. Uh, I want to oh, say it was, sure. uh, Marcelo Garcia was rolling with somebody and somebody got their arm broken. Like, like, fully fucking broken and same thing. That's, oh, man, you guys are badass. Incredible. Just tuck your arms into your belt. Just do, and then just start Fuckers going. Yeah, that's just, that's me being in that position where I didn't want to use it because it would injure it further. Sure, yeah. But that, that kind of warrior mentality, man, like, that's what it's, that's what's called being a warrior. Yeah, man. You know, it's not, not being the toughest guy on the block and, you know, knocking people out or whatever, submitting a bunch of guys. Yeah. It's just knowing that you can push through adversity. Yeah. Right, yeah. like you can push through that and still be this person. Yeah, that it's, people look up to. It's funny when I have music students, um, and I find out that they take martial arts. I'm like, all right, you're gonna be fine. I always like it's, it, and it's it is always that way across the board. If right. it's, if they're taking martial arts as well as taking music, right? I'm like you're gonna, yeah. Like if you know. If they've been doing it a while, like if they've been doing martial arts for at least like two years, sure. like you're still there after the first year. Yeah, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, if they've only been there a couple of months, it's like, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, if they've been there, you know, yeah. right around the two year mark that they've been taking some form of martial art mm-hmm. for when they come in for the first whatever kind of music lesson, I'm sure. like, two years, eh? Yeah, you're going to yeah. You'll be all right. You'll be fine. You'll be all right. Yeah. I think music does that too, right? It's like you're kind of dealing with all of these different variables. Yeah. Right? But still being able to push through yeah. and have the, um, like, the integrity. 
Yeah. Right? Like the wherewithal to be like, I want to do this. Yeah. Regardless of how bad or, yeah, discipline is one other thing too, right? It's just being able to do all of this and still have that. That's what it really teaches you. Yeah. Big thing that I see too is the kids that do the martial arts in the music room, they're always super polite and really respectful. Oh man, because that gets drilled into you pretty quick, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right which is away. amazing. It's, yeah, and it, you know, I think that's such a huge necessity. But um, something I want to touch on is, um, if you're cool to talk about it, is is this music project that you're working on? Um, yeah, want to talk? We don't have to. Sure, no. Um, I I, I want to call it a project, but it's really like, um, just just exploring the possibility like i I feel like a project it it is a project in a lot of ways like you know as far as writing and like learning to play and things like that it is a project in that sense um it it came from like we spoke about you know just the the why not yeah you know wanting to do that and i did some music stuff when i was little too like choir and stuff like that piano lessons and whatnot right right but yeah it was just another way for me to kind of explore um parts of myself that would necessarily come out sure you know in in whatever situation or in real life or i often like i often write songs that um kind of describe um like certain emotions that i'm having or feeling or situations that i'm in but i also write in the sense of emotions or situations that i would never put myself in right so it's, it's just really out there sure so kind of stuff it's very autobiographical and some of it's just total fiction total fiction yeah you know it's just you would never do that i would so far never do that <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. never do like that, that so far <laughs> so far up to this point yeah uh, it hasn't happened yet but that's what that that's what the musical stuff is about and these projects are all about it's just kind of seeing the options cool and just kind of like manifesting them in a song yeah 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 you know i was gonna say I mean. like you, you showed me a couple yeah couple lyrics that you'd been yeah you'd be knocking out and some um and some vocal melodies that you've been toying with and, and some stuff. melodies and stuff like yeah, yeah it's just something that wouldn't necessarily come out in you know uh you know if i was in my quote-unquote box of sure. a life of being this person yeah. and i and i handed to a lot of like friends right you know that were like yeah why why not why don't you do this yeah you know why don't you get up there and try it yeah what's the worst that could happen yeah right i i feel like that's such a healthy and uh underutilized um, i don't know i don't know strategy is the right word but um, uh, an underutilized mentality, I think, is probably more accurate. Of the well, why not? Yeah, you know. And I often think about that with my music too. It's just like always have this, like this baby, kind of amateur, kind of you know. Obviously, you get better when you practice, and you sure. you know you're. But always keep in the terms of I could always be better. Oh yeah. I could always do better. I can always write better. I could always sing better. Yeah, that keeps it fun for me. Yeah, because I'm never gonna stop learning. Yeah, right. And That's such an important attitude. I think in all aspects of life, and uh, I've talked to a few people about this, but um, the concept of 
of mastery or perfection. Mm-hmm. The way that I look at them is that, uh, it, at least for me, mastery and perfection are that's interchangeable sure. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, which neither are actually obtainable, but they're always the goal, right? Um, because I I know that I'll die before I'm. 100% satisfied with my playing. And right. that's great yeah. to me. Yeah. Because like you're never going to be the perfect musician. Right. Nobody just, will be. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Right. You know, I'll I'll die before I'm satisfied. And right. it, it, if you want to think about it in terms of video games, which is always kind of fun, sure. the princess is always in another castle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just out of reach. Yeah, every just time out of there. You think you're about to save Princess Toadstool Toad's like, nah, Princess yeah. is another castle, bro. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and I've had established musicians like yourself and others say, look, like, why wouldn't I want to work with a person like this? Because they know they have so many examples of people who actually have the talent mm. and actually have this ability, but don't pursue it. Yeah. You know, and to them, it's just like, what a waste. You know, like, what a waste of... And clearly, it's up to that person whether they want to do it or not. Yeah, you know? And who am I to judge and tell people that they should do something or not? It's not up to, to me. But they that provides me motivation, too. It's like, man, you're you're a go-getter, man. You're trying to go get it, so yeah. I'm going to support that. Fucking Because that's something that I do. Yeah. You know, something that I support as well. Yeah. And coming back to what we kind of have, you know, it's just yeah. like, man, if you want to go and get that, I'm going to support you in this endeavor. Yeah, man. Because there's so many people who are amazing. Yeah. Just fell off. Yeah. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. Too yeah. many. Too many people. You know, it's like, That's it. like, what do you mean you've stopped? Don't. What? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Don't do that. Yeah. You know, like, and, you know, uh, coming back to that that earlier quote you know once you see something broadly you can see it in all or understand something broadly you can see it in all things mm-hmm. i feel like that kind of also translates into if you could get really proficient at something and i i think i'm repeating myself i probably said this earlier but if you can get it really good at something you could probably get really good at anything sure because it's just a matter of focus and understanding mm-hmm. now some people especially when it comes to athletics some people just have a genetic you know upper hand yeah where it's like yeah l- look at you you know you just you you came out of your mom jack just, <laughs> like, just gorilla mode right it's like, out yeah of the... it's like all right you're you have a hand up on everybody else who wants to be a wrestler. Right. You know, you're just going to be <laughs> fucking twisted people into pretzels. Just massive. Yeah. And and probably, you know, like uh, Francis Ngannou is, uh, you know who that is, right? The, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, he's, a, he's a UFC fighter. Um, he immigrated to Paris from, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember where. Oh, shit. Uh, somewhere, somewhere in Africa. African country, okay. Yeah, I can't remember which one. But he was like homeless in Paris for a while. Um, the dude's only been in MMA, not just the UFC, but he's only been in MMA, only been in MMA for five years and 
just a, when was like two just months ago. Just fought for the title or something. Fought for the heavyweight title of the UFC. Yeah, man. That's a genetic freak. <laughs> you know? It's it like, is. Uh, all right. Yep. Yeah. You're going to have <laughs> an advantage. You know? Like, just like some people sit down at the piano and all of a sudden they can just, like, for no reason, they can just shred. There Obviously, there are like genetic anomaly anomalies for people mm-hmm. that have like you were saying earlier predisposition to insert activity yeah. here yeah uh but for the rest of us mere mortals <laughs> sure we gotta work hard you know it's if, if you've got if you've got drive and focus and you know the willingness to put in the effort put the time in yeah you're gonna like see the you, results yeah and you, i think francis is probably an example of that too Oh, of course, of course. Just He's as like much that. As... That dude clearly works hard. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. if he didn't, it wouldn't matter. Right. How, how naturally gifted. You know, um, it doesn't matter how naturally gifted you are. Once you get to a certain level, like those elite levels, which is why I think Stipe Miocic was, or Miocic, I guess is how you pronounce that. Sure. Um, I think that's why he was able to beat him because, yes. Francis works super hard and is this genetic freak. But he just didn't have the same amount of time and he doesn't have the same reps, especially in grappling. He just doesn't have that aspect of the game. Right. Doesn't have that That aspect of the understanding that Miocic has got. Sure. So he was he was bested by him. Yeah. You know, because he's just, this dude's got the skill. He put the time and the effort in to, required to win. to win. Yeah. So, and it's not that Francis can't do that or he can't learn those skills. It's either, of course, he's just you, not there yet. Yeah. You either win or you learn. It, yes. Right. Like, love that so quote. that, that's going to be something that's, you know, for him, that's going to be a big thing for anybody that does anything, yeah. you know, for sure. like as you know, I used to, you know, I used to have this problem with really white belts when they would tap me or if they would just get a dominant position on me. It should be like, oh, what, what, what is happening? You know, yeah. like take this belt and like <laughs> throw it over there. Sure. Like I'm done with this, man. Yeah. No, it's like it's not about that though. It's just it, it's that feeling whereby you like you almost feel like you let people down. Yeah, you I know. See that. But I definitely see that. I I got away from that too. Yeah. Because I was like, man, again, I need to learn from this situation. Yeah. Like, I can't always be the best. Yeah. You know, you can't always kill or you can't always sing every note the way you want it to. You know, okay. I love it when people are like, you're singing flat. Like, all right, yeah, okay. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get that. Other people might be like, oh, you, I thought that was great. I'm like, okay, great. That's cool. You know, like, I can't, you know, I can't control their perception of me. Sure. All what I'm going to try and control is what I do. Yeah, and then you know it's gonna come out and it's gonna produce something yeah, better, absolutely. or maybe it's the same thing. Um, but yeah, I I start putting myself in putting myself in bad situations, and I'm not always doing that with music. Maybe I'm always trying to you know make sure I get it right and prepare. And, um, and but when it does happen, yep. just learn from it. Well, yeah, and um, with uh, with the putting yourself in a like starting from a compromised position in in training for martial arts is a great way to kind of overcome you know places where you're uncomfortable mm-hmm. those things are you can sort of do the same thing in music 
but uh, I feel like this applies to both as well, is you have to have a pretty good grasp of, you know, you have to have a pretty good handle on the basics in like, okay, here's where I know I'm safe. So now I can step, you know, I can put this toe over the line of, of discomfort. And, right. now I, and then you can, you know, as, as that comfort zone grows, so too does the, you know, the area in which you're able to, to kind of step out into and then like recover from pull it back yeah and then go like okay this is fucking scary out here but you know home free is it, it's still so, within arm's reach yeah. you know like i can still like <laughs> yeah i got it home free home free i'm not out i'm, not out. I'm still there you know? i still have something yeah. right so i i, th- I feel like they're probably pretty similar in that regard you no, you're totally right it's um you reach a certain level of proficiency yeah exactly. and then you look to you know find um options within that proficiency mm. you know and it doesn't mean that you can't lose or you can't you know l- improve because right. you can always do that yeah right just because you're good at doing one thing doesn't mean you can't get better at it or get better at other things yeah and that's that's been my approach especially with music but especially even more so with martial arts yeah because yeah i you know and striking is one of those things man you you just gonna get hit yeah you know like doesn't matter how many how many fights you got you know john claude van damme if he gets into the ring yeah. You know, if he puts his gloves on and a helmet, he's probably going to get popped just like anybody else would. Yeah, definitely. You know, and um, that that's just a part of life. You just accept it. And hopefully, and this is big with the kids, take the lessons from it. Yeah. You Huge. know. You have to. They, they have to. They really need to because it's the, it's how they build confidence. Yeah. You know, when they they work on something and they can't get it right first, but then they get it. You know, there's so many videos on Facebook about that right now that I'm just digging so hard. Yeah. You know, trying something, trying and failing, failing, failing. And then this kid finally gets it. And then the joy on their face. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I would watch that every day for the rest of my life just to motivate me, yeah. you know, to go and do whatever it is that I want to do. Yeah. And that's kind of why I got into doing these new things and these new projects because, you know, eventually you are going to get better at it as long as you just keep at it, keep going. I totally agree. So that's a big, uh, big message. Nice. Yeah. Quick question. Are you a fan of like old school kung fu movies and stuff like that? I am. I have seen a lot of them. I okay. wouldn't say that I know any like titles or sure. anything other than like Jackie Chan or Bruce right. Lee or something like that. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Just curious when you brought up uh, Jean Claude. I'm like, all right. I was like, man, I know a lot of Jean Claude. <laughs> Most of them are not great, but I still fucking love those movies. Like yeah, I seen those. You ever see that shit? Yeah, I seen a That's few a of those movies. Movie, They're some badass. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> totally that story right yeah. like all martial arts stories like you've got other movies it's just that story writes itself yeah i feel totally, like you know totally. they, they can just they can do these movies forever yeah you know course. because there's no better arc than somebody losing <laughs> being yeah. good at something losing working hard and then getting better at it and then winning it's that hero's journey every <laughs> single time yeah every single time and i love it i can't get enough of it man yeah like 
when Tony Joffers broke on the scene, like Ong Bak and then uh, The Protector. Sure. You see those flicks? Yeah, I've seen those. <sighs> so incredible. Incredible, man. Like yeah. martial arts as a like a media, you know, <laughs> like a media source, I suppose, or just like a story even. It's just incredible. You yeah. Know, it inspires so many people. Yeah, totally. Right? Totally. So you got to... Like, Huge part of the reason I got into it was the Ninja Turtles. I know that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no. But, like, I fucking love me some me old too. Ninja Turtles, me man. Me too, man. I used to love them as a kid. Yeah. You know? I, Huge. Yeah, like, who didn't want to be one of the Ninja Turtles? Like, come on. Right? You know? Like, martial arts. I bet you this is all a conspiracy by martial arts schools. <laughs> <laughs> just like, can we just make a story about four turtles who become ninjas, and then we're going to get a bunch of kids to come to our schools. Yeah. And, uh. Uh, we're gonna sell a bunch of pistachio ice cream because <laughs> it's gonna be green. Ah, <laughs> oh, Pizza Hut's like asking for yeah, fucking make them like pizza. It'll be good. Make Pizza Hut sign the contract. They yeah. gotta know that they're gonna put it the royalties in because you know we're gonna sell a lot of pizza after this movie comes out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. like, like. Uh, you know they actually had like a tour of um like the Ninja Turtles as like rock like no way weird like really oh yeah and it was sponsored by pizza hut did they have see right there you know that's the illuminati talking around (laughs) did they did they have the animatronic guys like they had dudes in suits yeah and they had them with like fake instruments one of them had a guitar and like oh it's just oh so like you can youtube this it's so bad but so awesome and like I could just imagine, because, like, the, uh, did you ever read the original Ninja Turtle comics? Not really. They're super dark. Wow. Like, and really gory. Wow. And um, the guys that created it, um, I can't remember the first names, but their last names are Eastman and Laird. Okay. Um, did not, like, start it to be so campy, right? Sure. But um, it was the, uh, uh, the toy line, I want to say it was Mattel. Okay. I could be wrong. Sure. Uh, anyway, Hasbro there was a toy maybe. line that uh, that they wanted to make, but they're like, we need a cartoon because He-Man had done like huge business of like, here's a toy line. Well, then they made comic books and then they made the cartoons. Right. So they're like, well, this was gangbusters for right. us. So they wanted to follow suit. So they made the, the, the original cartoon wow. of, of the Ninja Turtles to promote this toy line that came from comic books. And uh, incredible, just crazy. Anyway, I know it's like ridiculous, nonsensical <laughs> stuff to be talking about, but I, I so much fun, man. I like, remember watching uh, a Ninja Turtles movie in India. Oh, wow. Um, uh, and my dad took, like, oh, he was like, okay, I'm taking the boys to see the Ninja Turtles movie. And then, <laughs> you know, so it's like me and my cousins all pile onto this train and we go to the movie theater in India and go and watch this movie. And I swear to God, you could count the number of like prepubescent boys <laughs> just in this <laughs> it's almost like zero girls like maybe like yeah. a handful of girls like not saying that you know girls didn't love ninja turtles or anything like that but <laughs> this the, the ratio was like stark yeah well uh, especially like if it was the original ninja turtles movie that would have been early early 90s yeah it was like early 90s it was the early 90s this is one of these memories that i will never again the ninja yeah. turtles like yeah. something that you know has such an impact on us huge and it's funny because the, the the pistachio ice cream came out and uh <laughs> it's, it's so funny it's, so it's funny. just like all of a sudden you know because they don't have um because we didn't have um the, the regular um commodes back then 
kind of had the squacamoles back then. Okay. So, <laughs> like the, the hole in the floor thing. Yeah, 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 pretty yeah, much, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And then my, my dad's like, "Yeah, yeah. Why? Why is there green shit?" <laughs> <laughs> it's the turtles, man. It's the turtles. Yeah, it's the, it's the turtles, man. Like we just ate all the pistachio ice cream because it was turtle ice cream. That's amazing. Um, I didn't have pistachio ice cream until I was in my twenties, and I was like. This is fucking delicious. Incredible. I oh man, so I mean, good. I try to try to stay away from a lot of sugar and stuff like that of course. nowadays. But like, goddamn, every once in a while, if like if it's like you know a day where Amber and I are like, fucking, let's go off the rails. Let's see, let's, <laughs> let's just eat whatever tonight. Yeah. If we're out at a restaurant or something, it's yeah. Like, if there's pistachio ice cream on the menu, I'm getting that shit. Oh, my God. It's so good. I remember living in India and guys would walk up with a cart with a cart and there used to be a block of ice on the bottom of the cart and on the top of the cart was like these uh like molds for ice cream like popsicles or whatever oh wow yeah and the guys because clearly they didn't have refrigeration or anything it's like the early 90s right sure and they had pistachio ice cream um you could just pull it right out and you just give you the one that was on the stick there right and it was just so incredibly delicious but looking back i'm just like i the the number of parasites that i acquired from that <laughs> you know <laughs> like i just did not care at that point uh, just you know you probably maybe strengthened your immune system <laughs> yeah maybe it's why i don't have asthma but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I don't know. It just <laughs> you just get to that you got to that point where oh, you're just like, oh, it's the Ninja Turtle ice cream. Take my money, shut up. Yeah, uh, give me give me that kind of stuff. Funny, we get on this tangent, but that's the so Ninja funny. Turtles are funny. They uh, inspired a lot of people, and the martial arts coming back to that. Yeah, man. Maybe Huge. that's what it was. Yeah, I I know for me, Ninja Turtles were a big deal. Same with um, Bruce Lee was really big in our house growing up. Cool. Know, like, specifically, Enter the Dragon, but I mean. Game of Death, the Big Boss, all that kind of stuff. Like, um, our our dad is uh, he's he's like a huge fan of like nineteen seventies kung fu movies, right? Right, and and got us into it. And actually, um, my dad's the reason why uh, well, my older brother and I did martial arts together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the, uh, Devin was getting his ass beat at school, so um, they uh, they stuck us in judo. Um, cause mom didn't want us taking striking arts because she thought that, you know, like hitting might turn us into bully, but she had no idea. Like yeah. she, she learned as we, you know, as we trained more and stuff like that. But, uh, it was kind of funny. My dad's like, well, what about, what about judo? They're, they're not hitting, yeah. you know, there's no punches, there's no kicks. Sure. Obviously he's not going to tell, tell her that, you know, slamming somebody on their head and then putting them in an <laughs> is, arm bar yeah. is like just is just damaging <laughs> you know? it's like, more. yeah it's like no like you're gonna smash this dude's face in the pavement that's gonna fucking hurt my mom does this still to this day she's like stop boxing stop kickboxing just do jujitsu yeah, like, because you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Like, mom, have you seen how my elbow bends yeah. now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, no, but you won't be getting punched in the face. You won't be coming home with black eyes. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll just do them both and tell you on this. Yeah. <laughs> just do one or the other. But that's cool. Coming back to what you were saying, so you and your brother. Oh no, that that's just basically it. Yeah, we hugely inspired by you know old kung fu movies, the Ninja Turtles, and and. You know, became a lifelong love affair with martial arts. Cool. Know, that uh, it's cool how parents can do that. Eh? Yeah. They can just decide, 
like okay he's got to do something that's gonna get you know help him kind of get over this bully situation yeah and here we have the martial arts like what a great outlet for him to kind of do this and we'll support it yeah you know like i often talk to parents uh that come into the gym and their kids are really good at it you know and they they you know they'll support them they'll provide funding and everything else like that's great but with kids, it's got to be like, you got to let them try everything as expensive as it is. Yeah. You got to let them try it all because they might love this for a couple of years. Yeah. And then not not care about it, you yep. know, in a little while. And you could look at it in the terms of, oh, like, why would I spend all this money and time on, you know, I spent all this time for quote unquote nothing. Yeah. But you they've gained so much that you don't necessarily see oh of course, of course. right like, but... in, like it's it, no matter what really like i mean sport and competition i think is so healthy for for young people to get into because like it's it's i feel like it's super important to learn how to lose at a young age yep because if the first time you really lose at something is when you're an adult, you're not going to handle that shit well. No. Um, and now, I remember the my very first day of judo, I got dumped on my head and I was seeing stars. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And I mean, I was four. So <laughs> <laughs> because I watched Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Of course, I'm gonna know how you, to. I'm yeah. gonna know how to fight. I've seen it. No. <laughs> seen all the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, this guy knows how to place his feet and his hips and where to grab you on the arm and the gi to yeah. make sure you end up face first in the mat. Head over heels. Yeah, and he's gonna dump you way harder and way faster than you've ever experienced in sure, your life. Sure. And then that party brain goes, "Oh shit." I don't want that to happen anymore. No. I need to get better. Sure. So so that I can avoid this as much as possible. Right. right? So, just that, that aspect of improving. Yeah, huge. And it, just you know, I'm sure just as many kids were like, I'm done with this. Sure. You know, it's just like, okay, I my head hurts for a week. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Such I can't. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, like my neck is so sore, I can't see straight for this thirty seconds <laughs> or a minute. Like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. mom, let's go play soccer. Yeah. You know, like which actually provides way more head injuries than any martial art. Right. Believe With all it or the not. heading of the ball and yeah. stuff like that. So they're taking heading out of soccer yeah. under 16 Yeah. for that reason itself. Well, they should. They yeah. should. It's crazy. And I mean, like, football, like American football, I mean, is crazy. Like, cause oh. they, there is so much more uh, head injury, so many more head injuries and so much more CTE mm-hmm. in, in American football than in rugby sure. because you have this false sense of security with these pads with the and these equipment. helmets yeah. and you're just going to run full bore smash and headlong. The only time it's crazy. I did fight in a couple of full contact tournaments. Um, when I was in my mid teens, mm-hmm. right. Um, I had been mildly concussed doing, uh, doing that. Never got knocked the fuck out. Right. I got, I tried football uh, for like two months. Mm-hmm. I got flatlined sure. by this 
enormous dude who's like his nickname I'm I'm not gonna say his real name, but his nickname was Bubba. Like <laughs> wow. no joke, his nickname is Bubba <laughs> to give you an idea. This dude was had to be massive. Like he was get he he was well over to probably he was definitely more than two twenty. Like and just smashed me to bits. Sure. I woke up in a fucking ambulance. Wow. That's how crazy that was. Yeah. And I've like I've taken shin to dome and I mean, you know, the knees go Right, right. <laughs> but the lights didn't shut off for yeah. minutes at a time. Yeah, that's you dangerous. Know? Like that's that's like, dangerous. It's so much like head injuries are weird because like sometimes like it's cumulative. Yeah. Instead definitely. of just like one distinct moment. Yeah. So the longer you do something, yeah. the more likely you are to sustain damage from it. That's like longer term. Whereas if you do it once, but it's only one event, you can stop doing that, you know, and you know, obviously I've been looking up a lot on brain injuries and concussions and yeah. things like that. And, uh, you know, a lot of doctors are like, okay, you can have one concussion and then you can stop. But, do you even want to have one concussion? Yeah. You know, like, do you even want, well, you know, there, that's true, right? Like you don't, you don't want to damage your brain at all. Yeah. Right. And getting into boxing, even way more headshots than kickboxing. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, just yeah. targeting, targeting the head, the head, the head, the head. And it's just, you know, again, it's just like, why, why do it? You know, like yeah. you got to think about all of, the byproducts of this kind of activity. No kidding. How but do you feel about standing eight counts? I I think they're a good idea, honestly. Do you? Because um, I, I'm a proponent for them just as much as I am kind of the UFC style where if they're dazed and down, then the fight stopped and it's over. So right. I am a proponent of that too. But standing eight counts, um, actually we're taking a referee course soon in a little while, so I probably would be able to give you some more, you know, insight on that. But sure. it just allows the referee to get a better assessment of the athlete. Okay. So have you ever seen uh, when an eight count happens after the eight count's done, they grab the gloves. Yeah. They pull on the gloves. Yeah. Partly it's to wipe the gloves. Right. Right? So they wipe the gloves on their shirt. Right. But they want you to pull back. Yeah. They yeah, want yeah. you to pull back so you're not, like, just, just going with it. Yeah. And that's a function of your cerebellum, actually. Okay. So your brain stem is working when you pull back. Right. So they know that your brain is working if you are able to, you know, after the standing eight count. To, right. to deal with you know that kind of pressure then after that they make you stand up if you're even dizzier after that they make you stand up they make you walk, walk forward. forward yeah i've seen that so i, I do like that it's like walk towards again brain function yeah right? all, it's all that brain stem that yeah. that spinal cord I'll stuff seeing if they're yeah serpentine which is yeah ataxia right ataxia yeah. is where yes, your, your brain doesn't have you know it's not it's not working at 100 yeah. percent. then they know to call it off yeah so standing eight counts good Right. But sometimes, you know, it makes sense to stop it. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's the only thing is like, sometimes like, man, if it's so much that you're like, hang on, let me count this guy in. It's mm. like, yeah, you're giving him time to recover, but now he's going to, if he's okay or he's she, coming back damaged. Yeah. yeah. Now they're coming back in damaged and they're going to get blasted again. And again. It's, like, yeah. mm. it's happened to me, man. 
Has like it? I've been rocked. Yeah. With a huge shot. Dizzy. Get up. I actually shouldn't have gone back in. Bad ref. But mm. he let me back in. I almost won that fight after I came back. So not only was I like, you know, had the wherewithal to continue, but I right. was pushing it on him. Right, right. You know, so it's like that argument. Yeah, I know. I, it's that argument. It's a tough one. Man. It is a tough one. Cause it's I'm, a tough one. First and foremost, I think also because I'm solely spectator that I'm way more like protect the fighter than... Like, and I, I definitely think that people deserve a chance to, you know, get back in it and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just don't like as weird as it is. Like, I love watching a good fight, but I don't want anybody to get like really fucking really hurt. hurt. Yeah. You know, like I don't want someone's career to be over because. Right. You know, they were let back in when they shouldn't have been. Sure. And there's countless examples, Dawson, of guys like even after the fight win or lose yeah like brain hemorrhaging you yeah. know like they, the they brain just they, bleeds out yeah and they, they die fucking died doing it. you yeah. know and it's it's just the risk it's the price you pay man yeah you know it's just that sport that you're in football or boxing kickboxing yeah. even like wrestling and jiu-jitsu yeah judo as well right where you get yeah. those massive throws and there is that brain kind of sloshing around in there right yeah. it's it is that that price you pay yep you know i it's funny i was like watching a program about this and it talked about the influence that muhammad ali had right you know like he was such a big like political figure and inspirational to the black community but not just to them like to america in general of course but how how inspirational would he be if he wasn't a fighter yeah how inspirational would he be if he was maybe a baseball player or if he was a race car driver or you know like a factory worker um there's something about the fight. Oh, I agree. You know, that like taps into everybody. It's so primal. Right? It's mm-hmm. like running and or like having sex or eating or something. It's just something that everybody knows, you know, at some point in their lives, they'll know what that's about. Yeah. Right? And so they can relate to that person on so many levels. Of course. So you when you coming back to our situation when you know you you see this guy and he's been wobbled. Yeah. You know? You, as much as you want to take him out of that, and I've I've cornered fights too, right? Mm-hmm. So you got I got the towel ready, yeah. you know I'm ready to throw it at the ref, <laughs> you know I'm like that's it. Yeah. But you want to see if he can recover. Yeah. Because you don't want him to be, you don't want him to be in a situation where he felt like he could he could have given more. Yeah. And you deprived him of that opportunity. Yeah, you definitely don't want to rob anyone. You don't want to rob anybody of it, but you are looking out for their safety. Yeah. And I think education yeah. helps with that. So knowing, you know, see the eyes glazed over or the, the you know, the loss of balance, yeah. right, and stuff like that. Like the ref does it, has to do a good job with that. Yeah. And um, so does the, the corner, you know, like that. Yeah. That needs to happen as well. But yeah, I'm very like... I'm very on the fence about it. I like I like how the UFC does it though, or you know MMA organizations will do yeah. it, where they'll just stop it. Yeah. Because things like st- grounded strikes. Yeah. You know, like especially like you know um, MMA organizations out in Asia. 
Mm-hmm. They allow like soccer kicks. Yeah, and, and like, you knee somebody in the knee. face, like especially in the old pride or not pride, but yeah, pride. Yeah, the old pride days. Foot stomp. Yeah, that's that's like a big heel bone going into your head, man. Yeah, that's some scary so shit. So you gotta stop that. Yeah, you gotta stop it right there. Yeah, and I I agree with that, man. Yeah. Like it's how much damage you want. Yeah. But Ryzen and the Japanese MMA guys were just, you know, I think they're insane. Yeah. They're probably, they still are insane because there's not a lot of drug testing that goes no, on dude. out there. Back in the days of Pride, apparently, I mean, obviously I've never seen a contract, but there's the rumor mill is that it would say right in the contracts, we will not test you. Right. In big, bold letter. That's fucking scary. That is scary, man. Which, I mean, kind of explains the physique of some of the... Some of the oh, fellas that just were gargantuan guys, Whoa. you know, just massively built. <gasps> <laughs> just, <laughs> you think it's his like, you think it's a T Rex soundtrack, but it's actually right. dude walking out. You know, he's yeah. like <laughs> fire coming it out of his nose out. and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Like it's um, it's interesting, and it's like, okay, how much do you want to protect them when they've already signed a contract saying that I will, you know. I will be damaged from this. For sure. Like, you're For not sure. coming out of this, you know, the same person that you were when you started it. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. There, there are arguments, too, for converting to straight-up bare-knuckle. Because, you know, like, sure. gloves are pro- more so to protect, protect the hands, hands than yeah, the, not head the head of the opponent. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's right. Especially, especially, like, with wraps and tape and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah. There's, like, there's no way I'm throwing nearly as hard... If my the, hands aren't taped up. Sure. If my hands are taped, though, I'll throw bombs. I'll throw all day. Yeah. Yeah. No, and same Punch with the helmet, too, right? Yeah. Same with the helmet, too? Yeah. Helmet makes your head a bigger target, slower. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's a lot It's a lot of stuff. And I'm glad they took the helmets out, honestly. Yeah. Of amateur boxing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why good. they didn't do it for girls. They should do it for girls, too. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, you that's something you have to practice and when you have this huge piece of plastic or you know poly whatever you know material on your head it's gonna make your head slower yeah and it's it really is a false sense of security like it's not really doing anything other than like you said making your head a bigger slower target yeah it's like What's and the color point? now it's color coded, so it's, like, <laughs> it's funny, man. It's like even I think it comes down to insurance at the end of the day. For sure, like the only reason that you know, like I think the Ontario Medical Association or the Ontario Association of Doctors, they've been wanting to ban boxing in Ontario since like 1956. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, there's no way we can endorse this. Like yeah. you know, like how can we <laughs> tell people to go and do this, get hit in the head, and then continue to do it. Yeah, but you need to have a doctor. Yeah, at every oh, event. Totally, you need to have a doctor. Yeah, right. It's pretty much the government saying that we need to insure these people for this type of activity, and yeah. the only way we do that is by providing the right services, and that involves medical service. Yeah. So. Yeah, when you were talking about bad reffing earlier too, I think it's, I d- I don't know how common it is, but I have heard of like refs that don't train at all or have never trained and that is to me that's super fucked up like i think it should be a requirement i feel like you need to at least have especially with like you know fighting contact combat sports especially you need to have at least an amateur background yeah 
I in agree. it in order to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, how else would you know what you're really looking for? I mean, like, like you can be sort of instructed, but like yeah. unless you've experienced it, you don't really know. Right. Even if you haven't fought, like I still think like there's a case for still doing it. Sure. But you got to just be a student of the game. Yeah. Like, you know, you may not you may not have fought in amateur bouts, but you sparred before. Yeah. You know, or you've watched people spar. Yeah. You know, like you got to be a student of the game where so whereby you know what to expect when something happens. Yeah. You know, but you need to have some experience with this. And this happens in martial arts a lot too, man. You see some of these coaches and you're just like, you know, they talk about the experience that they have. But sometimes you're like, you know, yeah. where where did mm. you get that from? Yeah. Um, I can tell people, you know, I fought here, there, whatever. But unless they've seen the tape yeah. or unless they like, you know, there's somebody that can vouch for me. Right. I, I can be just another hack. Yeah. You know, totally. on the street telling people, you know, and you can learn, you know, the dim mock the death hold or whatever it is right <laughs> death pinch yeah. you know <laughs> was, uh, really you've reference. just been watching too much fucking Star Trek and <laughs> yeah. Simpsons yeah yeah that's it right yeah. so you really gotta be a student of the game yeah just as much as you do you know anything else yeah no I totally agree yeah. One more time, where are you fighting next week? Next week, I am in Markham, Markham, Ontario. I wish I had the venue, guys. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the venue, but uh, check out wackocanada.org, and they'll give you some more info on uh, where it's happening, tickets, that kind of stuff. Love to see you out. That's W-A-K-O. W-A-K-O, Canada.org. Awesome. Yes. All right, man. Um, I, I hate to do it, but i got to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, We've been sitting here with Duran D'Souza talking about some badass martial arts and some <laughs> music and just having a good old time. My name is Dawson McManus. You've been listening to 646. Thank you so much for hanging out, man. Big ups. All right, man. We'll catch you later.